Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. Let's go ahead and get to this first topic. All right, we were kind of on this conversation anyway. Rick was headed that way. So I want to go ahead and kick this thing off by kind of following uh, where we started. So uh, if anybody, if there's anybody out there who did watch, you know, the uh, zero quarter for, God dang, what happened to Quan? If anybody did watch the zero quarter for um, Southern and PV, one of the things that I kind of got frustrated about, and, and understand this, this is no this is no bias towards PV or anything like that, because I've heard this conversation and I've seen this thing happen uh, throughout HBCU band programs, right? But one of the things that kept happening was the fact of the DJ just randomly kept playing these songs while uh, every time PV played. And I just have a personal problem with that. It's not even the fact of, you know, I guess y'all want to call it healthy competition or whatever. I have a problem with the fact that us as black people keep doing that to each other. Right. Because I can never, for my my understanding, make the connection of why is it that in our black schools, we find every way to be as, as disrespectful as possible to each other. And the biggest problem that I have with that is the fact that we're talking about a university program where students are involved, right? So you disregard the students and the student work and the work that the the directors put in just so you can be a butthole. So my first question is, have we lost our respect for the students? Have we lost our respect for the students? Uh, Mario. No, no, we haven't lost our respect. I mean, I speak from my point of view too. Um, I'm not a university um, instructor, so um, from from a high school, um, you know, K to twelve type of environment. No, I think it's almost it's more sensitivity, it's more understanding, it's more patience. Um, um, every day we're talking about SEL, like we were talking about social emotional learning and trying to find different ways to tap into other parts of the student. Um, so no, ha- absolutely not. It has been a, a, it hasn't been a loss of respect for students. I think that when it comes to, um, the SWAC, you know, the SWAC commonly, I mean, going to school in a MEAC school, commonly the SWAC would joke us like about how, you know, soft and candy coated, you know, the MEAC was and how our culture of band was like not real culture of band and how it's, um, in the SWAC is aggressive and, and everything goes hard and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's the culture of it from what my understanding is. So none of that stuff that they did at the game was really that surprising. I mean, it wasn't a PV in Southern that was like literally fighting on the field. And what, what, what year was that? In the eighties and nineties, something like that. 98. That was 98. Bro. That was yeah. 98. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they just, just they're straight up scrapping. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm only saying that just because it's like, this none of that stuff is that much of a surprise to me. You know, you, you almost had the Jackson and Southern two players about to come to blows down in Atlanta. After the uh, they and either one, I don't even know if the either band was involved. It was like some random event they had down there. Like, but I'm saying it's just it's a continuation of like to me, swag culture. Um, 
that I hear so much about. I'm not from the swag. I, I know a bunch of people, but I'm not from the swag. So all I can do is, you know, be an outsider observer of it. You know, everybody else on the call, you all, I mean, you guys all have the swag experience. So you tell me, I mean, from a MEAC point of view, it's definitely not a loss of respect for the students for real. Cause I mean, you talk about like, I think about like Norfolk, these kids, when we were in school, we practiced, you know, mad late. Now they in practice at nine o'clock, no matter what, I don't care what's going on. Nine o'clock is over. You know what I mean? You go down to some swag schools at one o'clock in the morning, they still rehearsing. They out on the field. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. I mean, that should be totally, that's a disrespect to students. But as far as that culture of intensity and that long hours stuff that we talked about, putting in these long hours, working harder, not smarter type of attitude. You know, if you don't go at this hard, this level of hard and you don't, you know, I mean, you don't, you didn't earn it and all the type of stuff. I think that that mindset is deeply rooted in some other stuff that I don't even know is necessary to get into it. I think we understand that. But that root that rooted idea of if you didn't do it, if you don't do what I did, then you don't go as hard or you don't, you're not as respected. And so that's a part of some type of like uh, um, microculture. I think that that's kind of magnified itself onto the larger scale and um, in other places, I don't think it may, may be as at that same way. So that's my, my viewpoint. All right. Quan, have we lost our respect for the students? <clears throat> I don't think we lost respect for the students. Um, and I think to Mario's point, everything that we say, we're, we're striving to be more uh, sensitive and aware about the students' needs, mental, you know, mental health and all of those specific things. But I'm going I'm to take a different perspective. And this is no pun, but this is just facts. You got to look at what are the schools that are being disrespectful? Maybe they have a disrespectful culture at that particular university. Like, like no lie, like for years when the great Dr. Griggs was over uh, Southern, as soon as like the bands was like marching in, they was blowing on the band. Would that be considered disrespectful? Or uh, remember a few years past when I, I forgot who was on the field, but Talladega was in the stands. I think that was Queen City or something like that. They literally was about to start marching and then they started playing while they're lining up on the field, you know, about to start their show. I think the drum major is about to do their entrance. Isn't that disrespectful? Like, and I think Miles, I think, returned the favor to Talladega. I've seen schools uh, march on the field. I think it was Alabama State marched on the field one year with Tuskegee, was still doing that dance routine. So if you look at all of those things, I don't think we're disrespecting the students, but you have to ask yourself, is that university, do, do they have a culture of dis being disrespectful? And you have to pinpoint those isolated events. Um, also, Mario, I think coming from the SWAC, we did look at, um, the MEAC as a quote unquote more friendly, but I look at it now as I'm older and more mature. It's just it was a better sense of bandsmanship and sportsmanship. So it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to take your field, you do your thing, and if you did better than me on the field, you did better than me on the field. But you know it's not going to turn over into something else. Uh, and then lastly, to address that that preview Southern fight, that was disrespect because. A drum major, if you talk to anybody, he was marching through the band. Yeah. And then that's when they popped off with the fight. You see what I'm saying? So even though, you know, those are uh, situations, you got to look at it. 
what's the culture of that university? And I'm not knocking Southern because I'm from Louisiana and, and, and you know, they've been consistent for years. But they have a, a real talk, a, a disposition like if you ain't March for Southern, really F you and F what you stand for. And that's disrespectful on its own. You know, that's just my take on it. All right. My, have we lost our respect for the students? No, no, I wouldn't say that. Now, I do want to take it back to the way that you prefaced the question, right? So you originally included the DJ and what happened this past weekend at Southern. So I think if we're including that, there is a disrespect, but I don't, but maybe that's not a more so of a disrespect to students. Maybe it's just disrespect to sportsmanship in general, right? So I think that just as we just we've been talking about, there is there's there lies some certain, you know, not necessarily animosity, but when you come in and do things, right? When we go to Southern, I can just I can bet, right? I would tell the girls when we go to Jackson, when we go to Southern. Nine times out of ten, they're going to play while we're marching in. So you need to pay up, make sure that you listen in and watch in the drum because you're not going to be able to see. Like, there are certain things that I think that are okay. That's good, like bandsmanship. That's just like, hey, we're in competition. When we get here, we're already rivals or this is already an anticipated type of game or, or event. So let's go ahead and pay up to it and make sure that we make it the best that it can be. However, when we start to include, maybe this goes back to the conversation of, you know, putting too much leeway on people who have never marched a day in their life. If we're talking about the, the DJ in itself, right? For you to feel the need to play, if you're trying to, you know, make sure that Southern knows that, oh, we disrespecting PV all day, every day, they don't get nothing, then that's a whole different type of thing. That's where the disrespect comes into play because I can bet nine times out of 10, either you're a current student, the DJ that was playing is a current student, an alumni or somebody homegrown or, or or very near and dear to uh to the city, right? So you have no odds or ends, you have no nothing line, you have no no guns in this particular fight. So yeah, there's disrespect there because this has nothing to do with you. This is between these two bands and what they came to do for the the, the, the business of their culture, of the band culture. Now you parting ways in sure now that's disrespect to the students. But in terms of the question in general, no, I don't think so. But I do think that people having too much insight, having too much leverage, having too much to say, having too much hands-on on experiences that have nothing to do with them, that's a whole totally different subject in which I think that that's what this falls under, for lack of better words. Okay. All right. Rick, have we lost our respect for the students? Uh, I want to look at it from a couple of different perspectives. I, I, I say yes and no. Um, first thing is this. The fact of the matter is you have a lot of goons, G-O-O-N, as band directors. A doctorate degree doesn't make you a nice person or a kind person or a good person. It just makes you a little more qualified to do what you, on paper, to do what you do. We've already talked about on our show how a band picks up the personality of the person that's in front of them. I remember, and it happens once a year that picture of the PV students standing in front of Texas Southern's band room apologizing for acting like they were peeing on the bus. That seems to be like this like worldwide joke. A, it gets a laugh every year, turns into this argument for like two or three days, and then everybody goes on. 
But the fact that we can't even respect each other enough as black people to say there has to be a line drawn in the sand. Competition is fine. Competition makes us better as a people. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that part is fine. But when it becomes disrespectful and no longer moves the culture forward, then that's where I, I draw the line. Do I think we should? I was a social assistant band director at PV at the time that that happened. I was not in agreement that we should have went over there and stood our kids up in front of the, the band room and did that. However, there has to be some type. Going to college, you're going there to learn. You're not going there to be that person from your neighborhood. It used to boil my blood, man, when I was in college and all these people from D.C. and New York tried to act like they were the hardest things in the world. Dude, you a college student. You're not in the, in that mess that you did in your neighborhood. But you couldn't tell them that, boy. I'm Box, like, boxing matches in the towers on the sixth floor. Straight we in the party. Out. Man, I never, you know how it is, Mario. We in the party having a good old time. Bless you. Let some, let some crunk music come on. You better, everybody. Well, here go DC and New York. Here right. You know, I fight Baltimore in there too. Right, right. And we fight. sitting there like, dude, all these fine women in here, and y'all sitting up there worried about each other just because a song made you? That doctor in the ethos is real, boy. I swear, music, uh, it, it affects your attitude and your spirit. If you don't know what the doctor in the ethos is, go look that up, y'all. But, um, yeah, man, like you, are, these bands are a product of the people that stand in front of them. Doctor Sam, you, uh, Quan, you brought up Norfolk. The reason why that that um, mentality was there was because of Doctor Sanford and the bands that he didn't like, the band directors he didn't like. We never played them ever. We never played Bethune Cookman the years I was in the band. Then they finally went to Fam. Um, um, oh, three. Oh, yeah, three. after I got three, out, oh, right, mm -hmm. and that turned into a fight. <laughs> like you know, like you have they, to uh, do punch ahead, um, punch Tory in the face. Yeah, like the answer is yes. We have lost disrespect because we never had respect for one another. We would rather put our success, and that's what's matter in my opinion with the black community. We would rather put our own personal success. Among, above bringing up our community. As long as whatever school you go to, Hampton is better than Norfolk, life is good. We can't, we can't eat together. I gotta be better than you no matter what. So I think, I think that the reason why I say yes is because I don't think there was ever that type of respect in place. I watched, and I'll, I'll end with this. I went to the Boombox Classic at Jackson in my first year at PV, 2012. 2012. Yeah, and we're sitting in the stands. Me and Julian, I'll never forget this. We're sitting in the end zone. And as Southern is marching into the stands, people are literally hitting the band members of Jackson as they come into the stands. And the people from Jackson didn't respond. I mean, from Southern didn't even respond. So I'm sitting there like they're used to getting physically assaulted by people as they march into the stands for the fear that their band might be better than Jackson. And, I, and the same thing probably happens at Southern. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But it's it's ridiculous. As black people, your band, it, the possibility of your band being better than mine, it calls for violence. Let's hit them. Let's take these pom-poms and smack them. Let's smack the, the um, J-sets as they're coming in the stands with pom-poms. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, man, like it would have been an all-out brawl if they would have hit me with one of them pom pongs when I'm walking up in the stand. But but here here's the thing though, and, and I think you've you tapped into something that we don't really think about. We bring hood mentalities yeah. into the band. And and it's like I, I think it was uh I'm looking at his face. Uh damn, he was a percussion instructor at TSU for years. Um prop D. Yeah, yeah Dr. Singleton. I never forget he told me, like, I had a conversation when he was like, you know, one of the problems is we take, like, a street gang mentality and we put it in the band. And it's like, people don't have a discernment of, like, say, bro, like, this is a large ensemble of musicians. Like, this ain't, like, we're we not bloods, bro. Right. And a lot, of, a lot of the times, like, that's how we act. But also with social media, it's kind of like, What's that fine line? Because if a, if a school blow on you and you don't blow back, could that affect your recruiting? But the like, thing is, it's not going to affect your recruiting. PB got four hundred people, and we just talked about how every game they they uh, they, they uh, Mario said they diminish. It starts strong, go down, and they still got three hundred people. Why? Because money talks. <laughs> no, no, right, no, right. But what I'm saying is, like. So the reality of it in the in the court of social media opinion, to a degree that matters. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying in the in the court of social media opinion, oh you didn't blow back, oh so y'all weak. Oh uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's that type of mentality, and it's like hood shit that goes on, and we just musicians. I I agree that. Well, I disagree because I think at one point we had to have had. Respect for one another. I couldn't see Prof Ed like, man, we're gonna do that to uh uh, uh what's the band director Gremlin? Uh Mr. Conrad uh Pernell, no Pernell, right? Yeah, yeah, or even the one previous before, before Pernell, it was Conrad Hutchinson. Yeah, like I couldn't see him, but we're gonna we're gonna blow their asses out and we gonna we gonna blow at them on the field. Nah, because they understood the struggle of attaining a master's degree during segregation. So they under they have a sense of of mutual respect for one another. But I think as time progressed, certain personal situations spilled over. And I do agree. Who's ever over the helm of that band, you're going to have that type of mentality. So if the band director trying to be hood, your kid's going to emulate you and be hood too. If your band director is mature and professional at all times, your band is going to emulate and give off that same vibe. You only could give what you have. And I think, think about it, but Quan, I don't mean to cut you off, bro. But that brings up another question, though, right? Because the band directors of majority of these programs that we're talking about were in the pro in those programs themselves. So it's this system of brainwashing that keeps happening over and over and over again. So, like, I, you know, I'll pick a random school, man, because I we I hate mentioning the S too much. <laughs> Say you went to Virginia State, mm -hmm. and uh, us as Norfolk State people, we know this. It's one of the smallest schools out there that talk the most trash. And I'm like, dog, pull up the clip of the year that y'all smashed North. I need to see that clip. But then I'm sitting there like, this person went to V-State, that person that taught them went there. So it's this cycle that happens over and over and over again. And then this, this break from reality where these people think they bands are great. And they aren't. Sorry. Hey, Kwan, final thought. Oh no, I'm I'm good with. It. I just wanted to kind of ask Maya, does that happen in the dance world though? She wasn't ready. It wasn't. 
does what happen, my friend? I'm sorry. Like so, so my question, like, does the does disrespect happen in the dance world like that? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the dance world, it's more so like, uh, shit. What what was that? That Southern and TSU. You know why Southern always brought up when we're talking about this? Never mind. That's neither here nor there. Anyways, TSU and Southern when they saw each other, there. right? When they saw each other in Houston, right? The J says and the motion, they ended up turning to each other. No, it's definitely some disrespectful stuff that goes on whether you throw somebody else count or you do like a diss today count or some some yeah it, it yeah it can get a little nasty but it's it's a lot harder to tell it's not so blatant unless you know what you're looking for all right uh, so i i so i you know sometimes i come up with these random questions within the question that i asked right so through all of you all's or comments, one of the things that I thought about is it took me back to the original question that we had last week, right? Which was stands versus field show, right? Because at one time, I can remember the field show was when you got disrespectful. You didn't get disrespectful in the stands. And I think it has gotten worse now that we have transferred everything back to the stands. So the question is, and anybody can ask, answer this question, since we don't know where that line is as it relates to disrespect, quote unquote, should we just go ahead and focus back on the field shows? No, because ultimately the fifth quarter is what's got people coming to see what we're doing. Since there's been no innovation in HBCU band in 40 years, people get tired of seeing the same format. I think that's why A&T took off so much. A&T was doing the same thing as everybody else. Soon as Gary got there and, and uh, Kenny Ruff got there and they started doing different types of shows, people started paying attention. I think it's a lack of innovation that spurs this. Everybody can put sheet music in front of somebody and say, learn this. There's no thought that goes into that when it comes to being creative. The creativity is in the arrangement itself. Just play what you see on the paper. But because there's none of that happening, man, these people have, I mean, what what else what else is there to do? And then the fact that at these HBCU games now, they're not even allowing these bands to play but about two or three times during the game. So you'll hit them fanfare daddies and they not even as good as they used to be because there's no time to learn and play them. So I think it's a I think it's a bigger structural thing than that, Julian, than just saying, you know, than just saying that. I I think um, I don't think the field show is going to change the mentality at all. We were just talking about the fight with PV and Southern. We were talking about the time that um, um, I mean, how many times you have bands try to march on march, you know, into other bands off the field and it gets gets crazy. That stuff happened after field show. So, I mean, it's like the field show doesn't change. The focus of a field show won't change hood mentalities. It goes like the like Rick was talking about band directors and, and people who are in charge of these groups being immature, you know what I'm saying? And not understanding that there should be a line that shouldn't be crossed as it relates to um, the student and their academic achievement and their goal and their, and their focus towards, you know, matriculation, you know, through a, through a university, making them a professional. And I think, I don't think that is ever really thought about the idea that these people are in my program. I'm, res I'm partially responsible for helping them become professionals in whatever career they're going to. When we teach in, as a high school teacher, I don't teach with the idea that all my kids are going to go and play in band in, in college. I teach them skills that they can use 
um, as as the great William Ravelli said, University of Michigan. I not only not only teach music, but I teach through music. And so the goal to me is not to just make a bunch of musicians; it's to try to teach a person through that. So I don't know why it always falls off the cliff when you get to college, and it's like we just need numbers. We just need to, you know, bands. You talking about bands getting bigger? I remember when when a one twenty eight block was enough. Now it's like I gotta, I can't have ten baritones. I gotta have twenty and thirty, and it's like. When is it? It's becoming so much because everybody needs to have the biggest, most extravagant number and you know large sizes and all this stuff. And that's and that's it's cool. But what you start to do is you start to lose the quality in that space. Not everybody can have those larger size bands and keep the quality of what they're trying to do. Some people have hard time with quality with little bands, and so you you are you got slim pickings as it relates to getting these kids, uh, you know, getting some of these kids out. So. I don't think any of that, uh, I mean, getting them out of high school into college programs and, you know, quality programs and everything, or, or even having a worthwhile type of situation with recruitment, even getting them to the school. But I don't think it has anything to do with, um, you know, what you focus on. I think that has to do with type of person that's in charge of those groups. They need to tighten up and we have to figure out what's it going to be because us talking on this panel won't change the bottom line. These people are going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to still keep that that energy no matter what. It's just like if I was to sit here and say, you know, all fraternities should stop paddling people, and da 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 da. Yeah, I can say it. I can say it. All right. Cool. All right. Let's let's go on. Let's move forward. I appreciate all your thoughts on that. If you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music, music education, band, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure you get these likes up. Let's go ahead and smash this like button. We need these likes to match the number of people I'm seeing in here. All right. So go ahead and smash that like button. Also, if you're on the YouTube page, go ahead and subscribe to the network. If you're not on the YouTube page, when you're watching on Facebook, go over to the YouTube page. You can continue watching over there and you subscribe to the network. Also, man, uh, we hit a hundred. We hit a hundred, man. So I'm I'm definitely excited about that. As a matter of fact, we're actually at plus a hundred, man. And we've only been we only been rocking for about a month and a half, two months. So, you know, I appreciate all the subscribers and everybody who continue to tune in. Actually, we have also have a lot of followers over there on the Facebook page as well. So I appreciate all you guys and the love. So keep on clicking and keep on subscribing and let's get these likes up. All right, let's move to the next topic. Uh, we kind of started talking about this uh, in the last conversation and we brought it up a lot of times behind closed doors and uh, shout out to Crucial Conflict. Darrell uh, came through and he actually gave his thought process on it. So I want to go ahead and bring this up as a topic. Outside band directors, does it help or hurt? Outside band directors, does it help or hurt? So just to make sure I let you guys know uh, what I'm talking about, uh, if that band director comes and they ain't marched at your school, they ain't a product of that program, does it help or does it hurt? I see some weird faces going on. Uh, and there's two people on this panel who had that experience, and we were the two people who did. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off with Quan first. <laughs> uh, I, I think it could help because uh, even from my experience being at this historical black high school, so they had uh, previously uh, a legacy of um, there were named like the Marching 100, uh, 
and in this this area of Houston, in this urban area, you know, they were at one point a, a, a staple for the community. Well, due to turnover and whatnot, I came over, rebranded things, and uh, you know, we're we're going back into the right direction. So, from that perspective, yes, outside band directors, from outside a you know the norm of being alumni of the school, it can help. Uh, being on the other side for the collegiate level, now that I've seen and and I've witnessed the ex and experienced it myself with you two guys, uh, being from Prairie View and you being outside band directors, I think it can help. I think it all boils down to the character of that band director. And that also boils down to the vision. I don't think that, honestly, we lost our traditions of Prairie View. I just think things were enhanced. And I think things improved over time. Um, so in my opinion, if that person understands pedagogy, if he understands, you know, how to make bands better, how to motivate kids and and not only motivate them, but ensure that they're getting out of college, which that's the main job as a band director. Yeah, by all means, an outside band director is worth it, because sometimes like we've been talking about from the first uh, question, a lot of the times that same mentality. It's just a revolving door. So you're going to have band practice at one o'clock in the morning, but you got an eight o'clock class. So you done failed out the first semester. And so now your turnover rate for your students is piss poor. Your graduation rate is slow. And so people look at it from the point of view of, well, you know, we go to college to pledge or be in that section, but not to graduate. So I think outside band directors can give a different perspective and also can bring something that that was needed that that program possibly didn't have before. So it does help from my experience. All right. Uh, Rick, outside band directors, does it help or hurt? Um, let's look at it from two sides. First side is the, I think it can be helpful like Quan said. Um, I remember when we first got to PV, they used to get so upset because we were picking, like, we went through everything. Like, we literally took 100 days at the beginning to just watch and say, okay, what do we want to keep? What do we not want to keep? Here's the thing about traditions, y'all. They weren't always traditions. It was something that happened, and somebody said, you know what, let's keep doing that over and over. And then they became traditions. But for the people that were in the band before that, they weren't traditions. Like, they're like, what's that? So I'm sitting there like I, I look at things and most traditions y'all can be broken. Like they aren't going to destroy the fabric of your band. I think there's traditions like PV playing the entertainment tonight. I think it's a cool tradition, but it can be very, uh, it can keep the development of the show small because if you're having to make that huge shape all the time, it doesn't give you many options of what you can do. Yes, it is absolutely a tradition. But, you know, you have to fit what you do into that. So from certain standpoints, cool. You as a new band, a new band director that didn't march in that band. I think it's important that you take time to learn the band that you're coming into. Don't just go in gangbusters saying I'm getting rid of everything because that's the easiest way to turn your students against you and your alumni. And I think that's a lot of what happened. Even with us, people looked at it as us coming in saying I'm getting rid of all of that or being disrespectful to things that happened before. And then that turns people against you. So that's the first part of it. But um, shout out uh, to Darrell, like you said, the part that he said kind of stuck with me, man. And he was like, 
you can't be a you can't teach somebody how to be a juke if you ain't a juke yourself. So I think a lot of people look at band from a fraternal perspective, like being initiated. Like when I was in the Legion, we had to cross into the Legion. You know what I'm saying? Same thing, I'm sure, you know, for a lot of bands across the country, like ceremonies and all. My trumpet section, we uh, we have a grip. So these young guys that are in the band section now at Norfolk think that that's tradition that's been going for 40 years. Norfolk trumpet players, we made that grip up in 2002 when Julian and them crossed into the section. We made it up sitting upstairs on the third floor. All that mess y'all think is tradition, we made that stuff up out of nowhere. I think Dorian might still have the dog on paper we wrote it on. We ain't write it on this on the chalkboard and all that. It was written on a loose leaf piece of paper out somebody's ripped up notebook. But that was became- about 40 years, right? Hey, huh? That was about 40 years, right? No, nah, that was 40 years, young fella. That was 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. Right. So I, I say all that to say, y'all, you know, just like the rest, the, the concept of you have to be a juke to teach someone how to be a juke, I just, I, I guess I respect it because I'm not a juke. So I don't know what those, you know, what that means. But on the other hand, having marched in the band that I, I marched in, I can I absolutely say some of those things that makes us the Legion, you're only going to be able to learn from somebody in the Legion, which ties into what I was saying about the band director, learning the traditions and stuff like that. So I think the answer is yes and no. All right. Maya, outside band directors, does it help or hurt? Yes and no. That's that's my line. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. But shit, I agree. Hell. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. Um, So, yeah, I think that it helps because any set of fresh eyes that's put on anything can always bring about newness, can bring about something that we haven't thought about. Can a brand new band director that's never marched or never been a part of the quote unquote traditions or or whatever, can they do it alone? I don't necessarily think so. As with everything, it takes a village. Now, in terms of incorporating the conversation, incorporating the relationships with and the rapport with the band itself, as well as the staff, I think that all that integrated together is what makes the final vision. Um, but I do think a fresh set of eyes can take things that have become stagnant. And it's hard to, when something is so close to, to your heart, it's very hard to see outside of it. Right. So it's hard to look outside of things like, I mean, with, with my own section. Right. Dr. Sure I was there for so long. It wasn't until Miss um, Danielle and Miss Sean came about that that section was able to grow because there was newness in terms of what was anticipated as well as what was accepted. So I think that with those things, you can definitely have a. a, a a, a larger sense of growth and a larger sense of path in terms of the journey of the 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 band itself with that enhancement of an outside vision. But again, as I said, I don't think that it can be done alone. Now, if we're talking about traditions, I mean, that's kind of one of those things. As long as it's not inaugural, is it a tradition? Where do we draw the line of tradition versus not? As long as it's not the first time it's ever happened, I could say that 
Well, I've been going to Popeyes every Friday for the past two weeks. Now it's my new tradition. Shit, I'm about to hit that. I'm about to hit that thing up this week. It's a tradition. Two dollar Tuesday. Two dollar Tuesday. Exactly. So <laughs> that's just my little tidbit on that. But yes and no. Um, nope. I'm gonna go with yes. Yes, I think that an outside band director, those outside eyes, it can definitely help as opposed to hurt. Mm. Mm. Just keep it at that. I think that it can help. I'll just leave it at that. All right. Mario, outside band directors, does it help or hurt? I don't know. Everybody was answering this question as if it's as if it was so clear to you all. I outside band directors, I mean, you're talking about anybody outside of the actual director of bands. Is that what you're referring no, I to? Think you, I think you stepped away when when uh, okay, when okay. To that. No, uh this person who's who's now been assigned as the director. Uh, whether it's assistant or head, had no affiliation with that program prior to. Didn't march, no nothing. So, Ooh. yeah. Um, it depends on the fundamentals of the person that's 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 in front. I mean, I think if the person has great fundamentals, they're going to help the program. I don't care. I don't care what your program is. If you know how to teach band, if you know how to teach dance, if you know how to teach percussion, if you understand fundamentals and, and musical foundations, then then you're going to be successful now when it because the, when i say successful i'm talking about the band will sound good whether everybody loves you or likes you or whatever that's depending on if they want their culture over an actual quality organ like quality sounding ensemble that's that's what it comes down to because sometimes people don't want to change because they want to stick to the you know the good old way that they've been doing whatever whatever they've been doing and it could be totally wrong but that wrong is something that they're not willing to grow on. They're not willing, like, because sometimes in some of these programs, it's just a the the fear is. I mean, I, I won't say fear, but the but the issue that I see is just like sometimes if, it it seems as if some of these programs, the people in the band, some of the kids don't want to change anything. They go to the certain programs, and you see certain programs beefed up because they want to do it in a way that doesn't. Um, they believe that if I play as loud as I can, that's if I don't get to do that, then I'm sacrificing my fun. My fun is, you know, doing certain things a certain way. And then when you have somebody to come in and says, okay, this is what the instrument should sound like. I want you to think uh, around this. I want you to understand how to articulate. I want you to understand how to phrase, how to breathe, you know, saying like what, you know, what crescendos and decrescendos are supposed to be. Um, dynamics are not just loud and soft. You know what I mean? There's in-betweens. Like understanding all the nuances of music. And I think if you have somebody that comes in, it's not from a program, um, but they understand all those concepts. As long as they're not disrespectful, I think as somebody said that earlier, as long as they're not disrespectful to the people and they say, look, I understand your your preferences of the program, um, the culture um, of the program was founded on if the program, if it's a good program, like if you came, like we mentioned the Legion, the Legion has good bones. So whoever comes in after Mr. Bethea leaves, they have a program with good bones. They have a program that already has a structure in place that the foundation and culture of the way people play is already set. So somebody comes in and has those those kind of skills as well. They can do nothing but add to that. They may change a couple things here and there, but the, you always got old heads that's going, you know, they can celebrate an alumni band. Everything is not going to be the same. You talk to somebody from the 70s in North State and then somebody in, in the 2000s, they got a whole different legion. So, I mean, they but then state people still come back to show love to that program. So I think longest things are only program that I've seen, like there's a few programs I've seen, like not change at all. Like feel like, um, maybe like fam, you know what I'm saying? Like they kind of like 
they haven't really changed. They sound like fam, you know what I mean? I mean, they're not quite as good as the old fam, but the the style of the way they play is kind of similar. But everybody else been on the scene changed. Jackson ain't the same Jackson. Right. Jackson ain't the same Jackson. Like Alabama and m ain't the same Alabama and m You know what I'm saying? They were a totally different band back in the day. So like a lot of bands are different. Like so I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's I don't think it would hurt. I don't think it would hurt all, as long as the person has um, core foundational principles of, of music and ensemble building. All right. Let me ask this question. So I have just a two parter. Right. So we talk about the traditions of the HBCU band programs and I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, me and Rick were talking about this the other day uh, when it comes to some of these traditions. Can we get rid of these captain daddies now? Like, why are we still wearing these captain suits? Like, why is that? Why is that a thing? HBCU band directors, can we get rid of these captain suits? Like, nobody needs to. Why are we still wearing these? No, no, you gotta right. hit the captain daddy. You gotta Them hit the captain daddies is phony. Go hit the phony suits. I'm sorry. Them captain daddies is phony and it's trash. We, we need, need to get, get rid of Taylor. That's what they need to do. Or that. Well, no, I don't care about no. Get rid of them. Trash them. Burn them. Hell but, big. <laughs> you got to earn them suits, man. You got to earn them suits. <laughs> phony captain daddies. Hey, but, you, you ain't but, got no black hours, Julie. You got to get but, you some black hours. You, you remember. You remember got when you big with Tom I've Hanks? I've been TV for five years. I'm good. I will say this live right now. Dr. Zachary was smart because he was like, absolutely not. We we gonna come out there and hit them little little blazer daddies, or we gonna put on a goddamn on polo. So let me ask you this: Is it the situation from the Miak that y'all did that? You yeah. said Dr. Sanford and them used to come out in them ugly green seats, them, them extra green ugly green rose green. Boss and say, yeah, I did. Doc, none of them. Gordon and them, then what? Gordon nope. used to come out in that zoot suit with the joint all the way down to the knee. And did. And did. What he did. He did. Shuffling. And then he put it on Sunday. Terrible. But, uh, but no. The, uh, but the other thing that I had to, to add to that, though, is y'all said a lot of good stuff. Tell me, and, and, and like I always say, when I get these other thoughts, you know, I don't care who goes. Tell me how many programs got better with a different director uh tell me matter of fact give me five programs that got better with the outside director whoa, whoa, whoa wait i know you're ready rick yeah, and then give me five programs that got worse with the outside director i'll take the one that's better because it seems like i always I'll, get the smoke i'll take the worst i'll take the All worst right. bands that got better with a new band director hampton university right. with thomas right now what Thomas is doing with that program, phenomenal. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe I'm biased because that's my my frat brother, Rudolph. But Hampton University yes. is a a better band. Right. North Carolina A&T with Kenny Ruff. Y'all was expecting. I'm, I'm gonna get to the one at the end. North Carolina A&T is a much better band, in my opinion, with Kenny Ruff as the director and with Gary as the drill writer. Um, sorry, Quan. Sorry, Maya. I think what Dr. Zachary has done has really moved PB's band forward, especially for what it was the couple of years before he got there. So what the direction it was and what the school was trying to do, I think they're a better band, in my opinion. That's no disrespect to y'all, especially you who marched before that. That's just my opinion. 
Um, Alabama A&M with what they doing now, man, they sound better. Like he came from minor high school. Shout out to the Q's and my dog. But um, yeah, what he's doing but now, what, they have a better university. Stand. Did he go to because uh, he went to Jackson State, right? Or did he go to Alabama and I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. But you got a discrepancy because somebody said Thomas went to Hampton. Oh, he that's right. Thomas did go to Hampton. Well, hey, I guess that's one. Yeah, Smith, um, Smith. Norfolk <laughs> State, and then Norfolk State. I'm sorry, I went there. All the Legion people from the 90s and, you know, before, that's cool. If we're talking about specifically marching band, I know the win ensemble was better in the 80s than it was during the Dr. Sanford era. But if we're just specifically talking marching band, there is not a band prior to 1998 that is better than, let's say, 03 Legion. Give me the one band before. 1988 Legion was good. But they couldn't hold a stick to that 03 band. That 03 band was the best band, in my opinion, that Norfolk had until 09. 03, 09 were, in my opinion, the two best bands Norfolk ever had, and they were all in the Dr. Sanford area. So, so bro, I'm gonna tell you this. You got you got smitted twice because somebody said <laughs> rough went to AT. Oh, I ain't know that either. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So, look, we only got three. We only got three bands, dude. <laughs> because because That's because he's question up. Because he because here's here's the truth though. I a lot of these bands and universities, they hire the same people. Like we know for for a fact, nobody outside of fam is gonna get the job at fam. Nobody at Southern is gonna get the job outside of Southern. So when you look at specific universities and colleges. You have to go and low-key prove yourself. Like, uh, um, Bonds is at Dega, but that was a situation that was created uh, for due to the passing of Prof. Edwards and all of that transition that was going on. Dr. Zachary got, you know, that position. But there's not many other schools that really have the opportunity. I mean, Brian Simmons is at TSU. But if you look at really – other schools and universities, you don't have those opportunities because they're going to hire you within. And some of them, they develop their own ideologies of what bands should sound like because they transition to other schools and institutions. And I've been gassing them all year. Alabama State. Yeah, yeah. Alabama State, that's another like... You know, that's doing? my band of the year. Yeah, yeah with the Alabama State, I forgot about them. I'm sorry, y'all. Alabama State, what they doing this year, man? But is isn't it the same director, though? Is it? Is is it the, is it the same guy that was on the TV show? Uh, I don't. Know. Did, and did he go to Alabama? Say I don't know where these people went to school. Have I to guess look that up. Right, right. But I'm just saying, like, so so if you really think about it, most of these schools, most of the SWAC schools have a Southern band director. I believe Alcorn, uh, Southern, of course. I mean Prairie View. That's three. Whoa, 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 whoa! Who at Prairie View? Doctor Zachary went to Southern. He graduated from Norfolk State. He's still a juke, though. He got his master's from Norfolk State. He's still a and juke, his bro. undergrad. Again, hey, where he crabbed at? I'm just saying. I mean, like, if you if you what, really. What he claimed. He claimed Southern. You're right. You're right. He claimed Southern. So I just I ain't mean, even going. And this ain't no no, no yeah. disrespect, but I we, you know I know where his degree came from. I mean, and, and so, I mean, so if, if, if you think about those situations, 
there's really not a lot of opportunities for outside band directors to come in. And I don't want to get off, but honestly, at black folks, we're tribal. Like you said about fraternal, we're tribal people and we stick to traditions because we deal with post-traumatic slave syndrome. Look it up. And we want to hold on to something. It's like, because, you know, we really don't know where we're from. We feel like our university is our home. So we want to hold on to, you know, well, my band sound like this when I was here and these are the songs that we played. And, you know, and honestly, if entertainment was entertainment tonight was changed, I would feel some type of way. But I would, I would, as a director, I would respect that band director, but it better be something better than entertainment tonight. But that's just what we hold on to. Like when Maya said with the kick circle, when, when that was out, we was like, dog, like what is going on? I mean, but again, that's not a lot of opportunities for outside band directors to come in Sip. to those traditional universities. I, I saw that. She sit with the pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Quan, when we took that entertainment that was just tonight awkward out, time and thank right? you. When we took that entertainment out tonight out for one game, yeah, we had it back in the next week because we got so many emails Absolutely. and hate, br bruh. I mean, but, even when y'all tried to change up the PVU, and I think it was one time it was like cursive. It was something that was done. So one time it was the PVAM. No, no, no. I what happened was I can tell you what it was because the cursive. Actually, the cursive one had been done by Prof. Ed before. I know. Um, However, yeah, the, the masses. The one that you're talking about was the one that was in the circle that we did, uh, like, in the middle of the drill. That's the one you're talking about. And and that one was kind of, we kind of got flagged for that one, too. So so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm and I'm, a, and, and I'm, I'm a off it. I think PV was a different situation because the director died in the seat. That's number one. And then number two. All of those students, myself included, it was a grieving process that we had to endeavor through while still marching. And there's a lot of things, you know, that happen that's family business behind closed doors. And I think that's why, honestly, y'all got the brunt of that. Honestly, when y'all arrived, because we still was grieving. So as younger kids and I'm a, we're a grown people now, as a younger kid, you felt like, man, my daddy has died and who these people coming in our house like my mama getting married that fast and all the stepdaddies was like nah we gonna change this and we gonna change that and we, we was like well i gotta hold up my daddy name so a lot when once those things started to take place we didn't know where kind of like our daddy's legacy was you know at that time while while we're building a new that's all hey man that was a hell of a Analogy and an excellent way to, to, to close that out because I hey, that was that daddy's. I, I, I gotta respond with, with the with the, the other bands. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I My bad. Oh, I was I was I was thinking for a minute. I'm like trying to think about the program. So some of these programs, I don't know if the band director is the same or if the program just seemed to change. So I'm assuming that was somebody else in the seat. Um, but the first person, the first band that came to my brain was Bonds at Delaware State. I remember Delaware State in 04. And 04 through 07 or something like that or whenever he was there, man. And I was like, Dell State's coming up for sure, man. I was really excited about that program. And I was like really impressed what they was doing with the small numbers they had. Because Delaware State, that's a hard place to recruit. That's the far, that's like mad high. That's like, it's cold. It's like way up. Like, don't nobody want to go to Delaware State from the South. So 
you're going to have to recruit in Jersey and New York and Delaware. You got to be right up there in the Philadelphia area. Um, but the other school I thought about was Howard University. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm not trying to – I'm not going to bash nobody because I know the director of Howard. I won't go far with all of that. But I would just say you can just tell where people's focuses are or where they're not. You know what I mean? And I know from knowing the director of Howard that he does care about his concert band, Symphonic Winds Ensemble and stuff like that. I know that that's most important to him. Um, you know, I just – and then we just saw those uniforms that they had, man. I don't, it's like – like somebody don't care or something. I don't know. I was just like, I just that was just really this is really unfortunate. I, it's really unfortunate. It's a Mario, real I PWI vibe with those uniforms. I don't really know what's going on there. They got Mario, the, fonts, got the, fonts, the fonts are matching, bro. Like you gotta, we gotta work on that, man. But anyway, that's this program. And the other program that came to my mind was remember what I don't and I, and I don't know if this was because the school went through financial issues, if the band are still the same or not. But I remember what t- uh, um, South Carolina State was doing in like that's 2009, 2010. That's the one, Mario. And that's they the were going crazy. And then all of a sudden it dropped off. And I'm like, what happened? I know the school was going through some issues. But if we have anybody from uh, um, from the 101, man, like, please chime in. Because I, I don't know what happened with them. They just are not. I don't know what's going on. Like, they barely got 100 people in the band. I one. know the school's gone through some stuff. So I know what Norfolk was like in 2012. When they didn't have, I mean, we barely had a hundred people in our band. They went down to Bethune, like you know, like. But that's you know, I so I, I understand, man. But those three programs popped in my brain when I talk about programs that seemingly progressively went the other way. But I think, but Mario, here's one too. But I think this band is a, a, a example of both. When a non person, when you have a, that person that um, when it went down after a new director and but came back up with a new director, and that's mm-hmm. Texas Southern. Right. Next to Southern, right. you know, during the Gip and uh, the Gip era, you know, you whatever your opinion is of Texas Southern, it is what it is. The fact of the matter is, if I think about 1980s um, Texas Southern, you know, just having this conversation with Julian and knowing the all stars that they had on staff at the time and then going to what Texas Southern was before Brian Simmons got there. You know, it is what it is. But then, you know. Y'all know me. I can't stand that whole Kings mess. I can't stand it. But the fact of the matter is when most of these bands get a Southern band director, they usually turn around for the better. Norfolk State got Dr. Sanford. Prairie View, you know, after all the stuff that was happening, they got all these bands across. Brian Simmons, that brother young, and was able to go in there and turn that band around in, in literally in months. So Southern or Jackson. You know, yeah, to all you dudes out there, man, like y'all know I can't stand calling y'all the kings, but the fact of the matter is the proof is in the pudding. They yeah, Southern and Fam is it. Southern and Fam, that's it. Southern and Fam is it. That's where the direct the, the best directors in our in our culture, in our band culture on the on this level have come from. I mean, think about it like this too, Mario, and I'll be short with this. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, Rick, final Yeah, thought. very short. Southern, like, especially for the Southern people listening, Southern has went through phases. Like when Branford Marsalis and all those guys were there in the 80s, there was a heavy jazz, you know, influence. I'm sure it's still that way now, but I haven't heard Southern's jazz band ever. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what it is. Like they don't post those clips. So if you go to Southern, man, throw up some jazz band clips because they literally have some musical greats, Alvin Batiste, you know, Dr. Zachary and, and, um, 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 brand from us, all these guys went to Southern, Dr. Dr. Sanford, Dr. Mr. Adams. 
So they've they've gone through phase of uh, phases of musical growth. You know, I think now because the focus is so heavily on marching band, it's kind of hard to see all the other stuff. So that's it. All right. Yeah, that was that was that went a lot longer than what I thought, but it's all good because I, I always love the conversation. All right. If you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. Where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music, music education, band, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that as soon as you come in, you smash that like button. Man, I want to make sure that I, I show my mod some love. Appreciate you, moderators, for talking to my folks and making sure that they're hitting them like buttons. Make sure you click that like button and get these likes up. Also, if you're on the YouTube channel, please make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the network. If you're watching on Facebook, then go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the network. All right. Let's go ahead to the next one. Mm, trying to figure out which way I want to go with this. Let's do it this way. All right. Uh, actually, this one was given to me by Rick. And I want to make sure that we we do it some just do. So here we go. Do fundamentals matter anymore? Do fundamentals matter anymore? Now, when he posed that to me, I thought it was a great, great topic. But I can even go so far as to the dance world, too, right? Because that can even be brought up closely related to the question that we asked about um you know are we selling sex or you know so what so on and so forth so we can go from both of these both of these sides so does fundamentals matter anymore rick since you got since you brought up the topic you go ahead and start first i listen to a lot of these bands y'all and it's just so frustrating hearing mellophones playing with all this cross voice and just playing higher than the trumpet section. Baritone players, you got to have 30 baritones in your band to be considered a good band. They play as loud as humanly possible. You can't hear any of the of the, the color or the or the uh, color tones or root any, kings, baby, right. root kings. <laughs> any resemblance of music fundamentals in these bands, kings. But anyway, um like it's just so frustrating, and, and it's all done simply to win the volume battle. You can't tell me that as a, a, a knowledgeable band director, you're sitting up there saying, I need 30 baritones because I need to make sure that all my color tones are played at maximum volume, regardless of context. So I just think just listening, it's just insulting sometimes to listen to some of these bands. Every song got to have a high B flat or C in the baritone, or otherwise it's not sweet. If you ain't hitting the high notes in the baritone, that arrangement, everybody, that arrangement, pool dog. I don't want no parts of that. That, that, that arrangement, trash. And I'm sitting there like, y'all know, like, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Especially men that you can't hear the you know, the regular pitches of the chord. You know, I think that's that's uh, uh important thing. So I think it's just super frustrating to hear all these great bands sacrifice musical intelligence, that's what I'll call it, for the sake of winning an argument for some people that shouldn't you shouldn't even be having an argument with anyway. Like I said, I'm going to give you the same example I gave weeks ago. You spell the letters T-I-M-B-R-E, and some people don't even know what the heck you're talking about, but are able to give an opinion on the success of your band program 
based on what they consider to be important. So to answer the questions, no. And a lot of these HBCU band programs, you got a lot of people, including students writing music, that don't even know these fundamentals of arranging. They up there writing what they think people want to hear. Loud baritone, swooshing mellophone parts, screaming trumpets. At some point, we're going to have to teach our people the fundamentals of arranging so we can actually raise up a generation of arrangers that can actually write some stuff that makes musical sense. I'll end. I agree. All right. Uh, Maya, does fundamentals matter anymore? Yes. Okay. So 1,000, yeah, like 1,000% fundamentals always have and will be the basis of everything, right? Can a baby learn to walk without, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's levels to this. However, I see your question and I raise you, Do funda- can fundamentals withstand the excitement, the anxiousness, and the entertainment value on a weekly basis. That's where shit hits the fan and goes out the window. Because, let me sit up a little bit. Now, let's get to it if we're going to get to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, in our own, my very own band room, I'll leave it to what we have going on right here. Brownie, when y'all came in, what? It was... We got to get back to the base. We're about to do this, that, and the third. However, what is the thing that we've seen? And we've even talked about on this show year over year over year. When PV sees a particular band, all hell breaks loose. And we just go back to, woo, you know what I'm saying? Like what we know best, what feels good in the heart. We're anxious. I've even done it on my own. If I see a particular group from across the field, it's like, ooh, let me add them. Ooh, let me add them. Ooh, like, you know what I'm saying? We've been waiting on this. So, yes, fundamentals actually matter. However, it's hard. I don't I don't know what the, the fix-it line is to say when it comes down to drill down, when it comes time to really show up, where is the where do you draw the line between being able to understand and key into those the, those fundamentals while also being able to portray or being able to play or present across the field. That's really where, it, where, where where stuff goes awry. I think that a lot of bands are doing what needs to be done in terms of the integration and in terms of the fundamentals and the dynamics that need to happen in the band room or the dance room or whomever. I think that when it just comes time to, to get busy, your heart is beating fast. You're like, oh, we ain't seen them in two years, two and a half years, whatever. And that's where things go awry. Now, I totally agree that should it be that way? No. What is, how do you fix that though? And I, I, we could say repetition, but we do repetition all day. It's just still when we get in front of whomever, stuff gets a little bit crazy. And so it makes you think that, okay, so are they, do they really understand the basics or not? No, we understand it. The kids understand it. I would like to think that they understand it all. I want to give the benefit of the doubt. In my, let me keep it in the house. In my own house at PV, I know that they understand fundamentals and the basis. I know that it's something that is going over. Now, when we get outside that house and get in front of company, we like to show our behinds. And that's where the problem lies. You didn't say all of that and hit hit us with the cuss words and everything. And in the last mm-hmm. second, you said the word behind. Good Lord. Cause I oh, thought yeah. that I had done enough. You can you catch what you 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 are picking up what I'm putting down. 
I got you. I got you. Go ahead and hit that little dance one more time. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's how I feel when I really make a point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did that. You got to co-sign yourself. Right? And do. And do. I got to pat my own stuff on the back. All right, Chief. <laughs> do fundamentals matter anymore? I think it's um I think it's a little multi-layered. Um, and I come in from a from a little bit different perspective. If you are looking to sound like a so most people don't want to hear a concert band on the field. But if you heard a large jazz band, you would enjoy it. In terms of the way the energy is, screaming trumpets are all over that music. Like lead trumpet players and, and like power in the sound. And like if you think about, you know, like Thad Jones music and saxolis and all types of shit. I never knew in all the years I've watched marching bands why nobody ever really took a, an interest in playing more jazz music. But that's, just, I guess, maybe a little selfish of me. What I mean by um, the, the angle I'm taking on it is like we were talking about USA, US bands and stuff and how the adjudication is a little different. Like, I mean, proper sound quality is a proper sound quality. I, I obviously understand that. But when it comes to the way we play in our in our in our space, because you were mentioning Alabama State, Rick, earlier, and we were talking about how we both like Alabama State. They don't necessarily play with the exact timbre of like a University of Michigan, but they do our style at a at a level that is it sounds good and it's respectable, and you still have some ramifications of the uh, fundamentals in place. So there's like, you don't hear a bunch of extra hanging over. You don't hear a bunch of blaring in certain parts and unbalanced sounds and harmonies. You get to hear the music. Uh, counter melodies are represent, but not more important than melodies. You don't have people like taking up the third of a harmony on an octave higher than everybody else. So those fundamental concepts are there, but it's still being played inside of a, a space where the, the, the natural timbre of the horn is being pushed to a different limit. They're still doing it. They're playing aggressive, but they're doing it with inside of a certain type of uh, space that still has a clean sound to it. You 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 want to have these fundamentals, and and yes, they ab- absolutely matter. But you don't want to be bore fest out there. You also want to make sure it's is entertaining to people. Um, I we've had this conversation, you know, with me, a lot of the Norfolk people and stuff like that, and um, Norfolk has had their moments where. Um, the power and the cleanliness and the, the you know almost the sophistication of the arrangement overshadowed certain things at, at points because the band was just that many talented musicians in it. But then there's other times when you don't have that same level of musician where the entertainment factor is lower because it's not giving you the wow factor. So if you want to, there are certain things that kind of have to balance themselves out, I, I believe. Um, Never sacrificing like the timbre of the sound so much so that it's blaring, but you do want to hear sound. Like I always say, if I'm a play loud, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a crank up a. I'm this is just getting a little bit more technical. If I'm if I'm playing euphonium, and I, I used to always tell my section, power is in the mid range. I used to always tell them the power was in the mid range. If you play a lot of stuff higher, then now you're we talk about that cross voicing again. Another thing is if I'm a playing a a, a whole note. I'm not going to play with all my power on the beginning of the whole note and then fade off on the end of three. I'm I'm talking about being able to phase all the way to one. You need to be able to play harmonies to the end of the damn phrase. So there are certain things that are technically sound that need to be set. And if but Mario, but realistically, but realistically, Mario, how many bands do what you just said? Listen, I, I'm not, about to say this. Listen, listen, listen to this. 
two bands that came to my mind that actually play where everybody, even if you don't like the sound of the band, you st- they all play the same over a phrase. Southern and Bethune. I disagree because Southern hits that off on four on almost every single song that they play. Listen, but they all do it, unlike other bands, which don't know the difference. But that's not the question. The question is music fundamentals. You would never teach your band to cut off on four in every single measure. Check this out. If you have a, which I've had this situation, I'm going to give you a scenario. If I have a tuba, one of my tubas, we had this situation in high school. One of the tubas, the um, slide didn't work. We didn't have no money to get it fixed. So it was automatically sharp. It was just sharp. From It just was sharp. We couldn't fix the slide at all. It was broke. The horn was messed up. So what did we do? They started tuning to the tuba. Why do that? That's not fundamentally correct. But we did that because the idea is that in a situation where you have sometimes things are adapted to a certain sound and certain style of what they're doing. If you listen to a brass band, we enjoy brass bands, but they don't play technically correct. I don't, I me mean, personally, I don't enjoy brass band. And I do. Technically, but, and technically, the tune into the two, that's actually absolutely musically correct. In box time, they tune to 414. So that's but, a whole, that's so all. Let, I'm going to tell you, right. when you listen to the band, you're going to hear a group of people playing in a space that sounds closer than saying, I'm going to be correct. That's to me, I, I don't agree with that. When you say, I'm going to be in tune. Y'all can be, at, you, you out of tune and they out of tune. I'm going to be right. Like, that's not being a band to me. I mean, so we may differ on that one. But in, when I come to the other the other big point is that comes back to the, the bigger point. You say you don't enjoy brass bands. I do. Other people do. So that aggressive sound is something that people actually enjoy. So if you if there is a sound that people enjoy, there is a to me, there is a fundamental concept of that sound that you can actually implore inside a marching band, which can work instead of saying every band needs to now have this um traditional type of concert band sound on the field there is other sounds that work because if that's the case jazz band would have never worked back in the, in the 50s and 60s it would have never worked that jones in the 70s would have never worked because it didn't sound technically correct you listen to mingus's band tell me that shit sounded good there was bands that mingus had that sound like they were people hanging over playing wrong stuff they weren't articulating the same listen to um um, um, Haitian fight song and listen to the trombones. Some people double tongue some people not. I'm telling you what I like actually been in this doing this. I'm saying that there's people who enjoy different things and because they enjoy different things, there can be a fundamental set for different types of enjoyment. But that's the, that's my point. Exactly. What you just said, Mario, you said different people enjoy different things, but there's only approval for one thing. And that's my problem is that, yes, you may think that 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 southern style or the jazz band style, which you know I'm a I love jazz man. Like we right, we right. all are right. But on the other hand, soon as you hear the sound of Bethune, the first people thing people say is boring. We have to have, be able to appreciate them the same way we appreciate a band that plays at full volume for long periods of time, just like Southern. I'll give you that. When it comes to playing with that force for a long period of time, they're great at that. But the same way we give them the credit for doing that. We should get the same excitement, in my opinion, that I get when I hear Bethune, like that bed clip, them, them playing somebody sleeping in my bed from 2012, where they do that huge crescendo as a band perfectly. And it's like, man, that is super impressive. Everybody else, oh, this is boring. The you only know, thing I would disagree with you, bro, no one that I have met said that they didn't like that clip. No one dislikes Bethune's sound. People say Bethune's boring because they play the same shit. 
they play the same music over and over and over. So you're tired of hearing ice cream, man. Now, if you take you take Norfolk states that you take that early 2000s, all of our arrangements and you give that to Bethune's band and let them play the type of stuff we were playing with the type of sound and, and, and balance that they have, man, that shit would be out of sight. But they don't do that because they don't push the envelope. That's what the problem is. They're comfortable and safe. And that's why people are like, we respect them, but that shit's whack because you're safe too long. This has been 25 years, 20 years, 25 years to the same damn songs. They still playing Hova, bro. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> All right. Quan. Uh, <clears throat> Shit. Matt Wright. Shit. <laughs> like, uh, damn, it's hard to come uh, from behind that. But I mean, there we go. I mean, I helped you out a little bit, Quan. Appreciate it, bro. Like, damn. No, but uh, I mean, I, I agree with just about it, what everybody's saying. But what I realize is there's such a thing as, you know, a syllogism, like your truth. Like I, I know Rick said, well, you know, it's a fundamental way of, of, of truth. But what I realize is just like I learn from you guys every week in those nuggets that y'all drop me, it may be a truth only due to my experience that I think that that fundamental is actually correct. And what I realize is a lot of people really just don't know fundamentals. Like just bottom line, they just really don't know. And you can only you could try to fake it till you make it or you can only do what you know. So most people really don't know the fundamentals. But my question is, are you willing to sacrifice the entertainment aspect of fundamentals more than your standard? And then that's a whole different conversation, because then what's your standard? But so you it's like Mario, you and Mario both said that. Can y'all please explain to me what you're talking about with that? Because like you say, entertainment with fundamentals. The Blue Devils are TV in 2012. I mean, we, so, weren't, very, we weren't very good either, Mike. That's <laughs> we just that's a difference. The Blue Devils are awesome, and they are fundamentally sound. You hear the Blue Devils? Like a lot of people think drum corps is boring because on clips it doesn't sound as loud as it is. In Rick, person. they're entertaining, bro. Yeah, you you, you talking about? They're real yeah, entertainment. They're yeah, in, you creative you with their field shows. The music is entertaining. They're doing, they're entertaining, bro. That's the difference. Yeah. People playing whack music, whack field shows, and then saying, oh, we playing with balance and blend. Bro, you just, just admit, if you can't arrange, say that. So, Chief said it, basically. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can't compare the Blue Devils. I mean, the number one drum corps just about every other year. So, but that's that. But in the field that we operate in, it has to have a sense of entertainment. So what I was merely saying was, are you willing to, quote unquote, sacrifice your cranking and bad arrangements? And like you said, cross voicing for the fact of, will this affect my students in the long run? If you're willing to do that, well, yeah, you don't believe in fundamentals. You don't have a standard. So do fundamentals matter? Yeah, it absolutely matters. But like I'm learning as I'm getting older as a teacher and with these younger generation of kids, I have to change my teaching style to keep them, first of all, in the seat to even keep continue learning the fundamentals that are properly. But I have to entertain them as well. So it's like we being, you know, pulled 30 different ways in the same aspect 
of teaching fundamentals, but I still got to appease them to still sit in the seat. So do fundamentals matter overall? Yes. But the question is, how can I make those fundamentals palatable, not only for my students, but for the people in the crowd too? So fundamentals do matter. Mario took all my shit. My bad, man. Uh, <laughs> on. Um, so you you actually brought up a, a very interesting thing, and I'm really not going to attack it on this show. Uh, I'm going to save it really for next show because it's something that I've, I've really, really been thinking about. But that thing is, there is a difference between what, what's happening in the secondary realm versus the HBCU realm that we don't talk about. Um, and I, and, and like I said, that's why I said, we'll talk about it on, on next week. Uh, so just hold your thoughts on that. Cause I know Rick feels a way, uh, about that. Uh, I know Mario feels a way about that. We didn't have plenty of conversations about that. Uh, and I don't know where you, where you stand yet, Quan, but it's definitely something that, that I want to talk about, but to come back to this conversation, um, just hearing all three of you go at it. And then Maya had her little spurt in there. My question is when it comes to being fundamental, <laughs> when it comes to your fundamentals, right? Especially from the HBCU standpoint, is there a point to where you may feel like worrying about fundamentals will make you sound meackish? Think about it now. What? Let me make sure that I say this. Let me make sure that I say this. I don't believe in that terminology, right? But it's like we always <laughs> it's like we always say, right? When when a band sounds good, it's too meak, right? They meackish. But in most cases, when you're talking fundamentals, that's generally what people say. So do kind of going back to what Quan said. Uh, do is it the fact that they don't know fundamentals, or is it they fear being labeled as meackish? It's almost like people calling saying somebody sounds meackish is like an insult. Do y'all realize it we, is? And in our culture, it is. No, I'm it's kidding. not because all the people from the meack be like, "Thank you." Because <laughs> oh, we'll go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Quan. Okay, so I got, I got so, too. Go ahead, Quan. Okay, so so for me, because I'm uh you know I marched in the sweat, it was thrown as an insult. And it wasn't, and it wasn't, we never hated on the sound of the MIAC. We hated on we felt like they were boring. I think that's that's the aspect. Like, prime example, I think million dollar funk squad Rito is one of the cleanliest drum sections on the face of the planet. But I feel at times they're boring. Real talk. If you look at, at when I marched for PV, when it was the box, no, no slights to MSD or, or anything like that. Like it was like, what are they going to do next? Like we got the Jack in the box hats. We putting people through tables, which is the SmackDown show. Like we, we, you know, putting on Afros, we, we doing different things. Like, it was an entertainment show. And then in the stands, we could play. You know what I'm saying? So we had the best of both worlds. So when we said Miakish, it wasn't an insult 
because everybody has to pay homage to FAMU. I don't care what you say. If you're a musician and you understand and you study bands, you got to give your your due respect to FAMU. When it came to Norfolk, everybody said that y'all had a big sound. Over the years now, as of lately, everybody give their prop and just due to NCAT for, for bringing the best of both worlds with their shows. So the only thing we were saying was that to sound meackish, man, you was boring to shit. That's the only difference. You sound great, but I made those off on you. That and that was really about it. Um, Yo. I agree. To wrap that up, I just think it's more so the difference between hit them with a little flight of the bumblebee versus on the other side. You know, like really getting to it. That's really. From my perspective and what I know, that's really just the difference between the two. It has no no, no bearing on intonation and things of that nature. It's just very much entertainment value versus marches and shit like that. I.e., prime example, when mm -hmm. fam, you played Southern, I believe it was like 07. Um, when they had that vi vice versa battle, it was like you know, suddenly, yeah, like they crunk, and then FAMU was like, yeah, it's like, bro, you y'all friendly. But the but the thing about it, Quan, is this, and Julian uh, and I, and Mario and I have talked about this all the time. And Chief, I know, I, I'm sorry to jump in, bro. I'm gonna shut up quick. I promise. When MIAC bands play SWAC bands, it's like this bourgeoisie approach to band. They think they're gonna go in there and out musician you. That's what happens with FAM every time they play a band in the swag that comes with that power that you're talking about, they try to hit, they hit you with that Elsa's, they hit you with 3,000 marches, they try to play, we call it playing the smartest kid in the classroom thing, oh, we're going to outsmart you, because they feel like they're the most musical thing in the room, and then it be sounding bad, and it, and the crowd like, oh my god, here we go with the fans. Peasants, right. <laughs> we have arrived. Peasants. Right, right. <laughs> so go ahead, Steve, man, but yeah, go ahead, bro. You said you had an opinion. Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my, my view of that is it's similar to what you just said. I, I, I don't have a – I don't know, man. I, I feel like a lot of MEAC bands would do the same thing as swag bands if they had the numbers. I feel like people be trying to fake. They be trying to act like – when you talk about me, when people said MEAC, they were really only talking about Bethune, Fam, and Norfolk. Because prior to, as we were totally swaggerjack, like somebody said in the comments from A&T – Norfolk was definitely Norfolk, old Norfolk when we marched. That ain't old Norfolk, but 2000s era, early 2000s Norfolk. Don't be laughing, Quan. <laughs> and then, and then that later AT, that looks like Norfolk. They be doing the count to four count turnarounds and the, the, the drill situation looks similar. Now they went a step further. They did. But what I'm saying is that when you saw AT prior to 2004, they were the big band, uh, the small band with a big sound. They look like a swag band. Right. So I don't even know who we talking about. Howard, old school Howard, was a Southern grad. Like, Southern, Southern what are we talking about? Like, you, nobody even talked about, I don't even remember Morgan State. I don't know nothing about 90s Morgan, so you have to, like, fill me in. I'm sorry. Whatever. But but you think about South Carolina State, they were similar, too. Like, aggressive playing. So when you say MEAC, you're really only talking about Fam Bethune. And then Norfolk State, like that's about it. And so, and people from Norfolk have admit, yeah, sometimes the shows are boring. 
That that's not nothing brand new. That ain't nothing brand new. So, but when you say when, when people say like, oh, is that an insult? I think I think it's just not even a correct. You're not labeling the whole MEAC. You're just talking about a couple bands. So you may as well just say the school you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? If you're saying you want to sound like fam or whatever, you're going to sound like Bethune. You're trying to sound like North, whatever. But that's, I don't know. I don't say it a whole MEAC because the whole MEAC ain't the same at all. And then Mario, tell them too. Me, you, and Julian will openly admit. Right. When we were in the band, we were not good in the stands. We right. were terrible. We because didn't even practice it. We didn't work on we it. We had I, one I, day a week yeah. where we practiced stand music. That was it. One day. That's it. Not good. I was curious about what Maya was about to say because she, what were you about to say, Maya? I don't even know if it really much matters. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying, like, that's unrealistic because at the end of the day, the swackers, the swackies, the persons of the swack, they don't care. They don't care. Just like if we're talking about uh, uh, black people, right? If we say, if I say something about one black person, all black people are not put on the same umbrella. It's the same thing. Nobody in the swag really cares about the MEAC because at which, for comparing levels, it doesn't compare. Is it the right way? Is it the wrong way or whatever? It doesn't compare. So nobody cares. And it's nothing more than that. The MEAC will never compare to the swag to per the swag's levels and the way the swag reign supreme. You want to talk about the Kangs? Kangs of sweat. Everybody else, you just have well, to be here. How about you tell know, somebody they sound C at? Because I am... Mm. Oops! It's what the people are going to say. You now you really Y'all sound real C-I-A-A. That's an insult. But but see, but that's the thing, though. Like, that's the thing, Rick. It's like... know That conference exists. Exactly, and it's like we, we we forget about the mother schools, right. and, and it's like it, it be the certain chosen ones because isn't Miles in uh one of those conferences? The side or whatever. So, so that's what I'm saying. It's like it's conferences like that. I think when it comes, the reason why people compare the two is because the MEAC and the SWEC are the two biggest historical black college conferences. So, but when it comes to bands, you have more dominant bands in the SWEC. So like Maya said, we're going to act like we the Kings. But I thought about this point where Rick said that when a swag school battles a MEAC school, the MEAC acts like the smart kid in the crowd. Well, that's the same thing in the swag. If that's the case, how people play act when they play Southern. Right. It's right. the same thing. It's right. like and it kind of goes to that, like y'all were saying, the fundamentals aspect of do you know yourself? And when you're faced with that adversity, can you only be yourself? Because if you be yourself, you'll be the best you. But if you go in there trying to be Southern, you're going to lose. If you go in there trying to be fam, you're going to lose. Could you imagine if Southern say, I'm going to go to fam you and we're going to try to play Purple Carnival, like outdo Purple Carnival with them? It's like people going to be like, what the hell is the point? Y'all better crank that vice versa and stop tripping. Never satisfied. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Hey, I ain't expected to get get that deep. I actually was gonna ask something else, but now nah, I'm I'm actually hold that uh, probably for another show. All right, so if you just tuning in, welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music, music education, band, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure as soon as you come in, smash that like button. Go ahead and get these likes up, man. I keep seeing the numbers going up as, as viewers, and and I want to make sure that we are matching these likes, man. So get these likes up. Maz, handle that. I appreciate you guys. Also, make sure that if you are on the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe to the network. If you're not watching on YouTube and you're watching on Facebook, head over to the YouTube channel and continue watching and go ahead and subscribe to the network. All right. 
Uh, also, please know and just please remember that um, the last after this last uh, question, I'm going to go ahead and put the link in the uh, comment section so you can get, call in with us and let your comments in. So all y'all folks, if any any of y'all folks in here was on the uncut and y'all had some 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 spice for Rick, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put that link in there. So you're going to be able to say what you need to say. All right. Here we go. Last topic. And actually, this is this is a twofold or it goes two ways. Is administrating and as administration hurting our programs is administration hurting our programs? All right. So I'm going to go two ways on this. First, I'm a, I, I want to start with the HBCU spectrum of administration. So is administration hurting our programs? Uh, uh they can i mean pending i mean i know you posed it for hbcus but even at the secondary level of the high school even middle school level we ain't there yet we ain't, we ain't there yet that's why i just said i want to stick with hbcus <laughs> we're gonna get to the secondary in a minute that's why right now we i'm only on hbcus well shit <laughs> from 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 what I've seen, I, I think any administration can hold a program back. Um, if that if that administration uh, team basically just wants that program to basically be the shucking and jiving entertainment, hey, you bring these people, and you know after you done, go back to your lacuna. I mean, yeah, but if they they truly care about the students and you know wanting them to to grow in this ensemble as a different outlet outside of athletics then absolutely then it's going to grow so it's at the end of the day it's predicated on them because they control the dollars bro all right is administrating administrate why can't i say administration is administration hurting our programs maya i mean i'm very far removed however from my experience, yes, because like I said, show on show again, you know, like they don't want to hold the strings, the, the band is the puppet, you know, and it, it really puts a hold on. It can put a hold on. Let me speak clearly. It can put a hold on the overall vision of, of the band, the band staff, the band director and everything that encompasses encompasses it. So, yeah, because they they don't get it. And what do we always say? It's only a, a select few people that get it. And more times than not, the administration does not get it. They just the ones that say, here go your money. Or, hey, we need you to bring the excitement to the school. But they don't know what all that encompasses and what all that entails. So they absolutely can because they don't get it. And that's not technically for them to get, which, you know, anyways, yes, 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 they do. Yes. Gotcha. All right, Chief, is administration hurting? I said administration, right? Hurting our programs. Yes, on two levels. Um, the first level, um, I, I look at administrations and HBCUs like 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 um, our programs. The situation at Soul Food, we um, we make the most out of the lease, and that the idea is that once you learn how to, they see that you can make it happen with minimal. They'll just keep giving you minimal because they don't. They don't need to give you anymore. You know, you you showed that you can make it work, so it's okay. 
that's the one side of it. And the other big side of it is um, administrations are hurting programs because on the um, educational side, because they're not requiring these deans to check up on these programs and to make sure there's adequate situations going on in schools. It is a, a damn shame that some major universities that we spoke about this evening have no professors for instruments. Like people have no trumpets teachers, no no instructors for their for trombone, for baritone. Like that's ridiculous to me. Because your kids paying for it, that's administration fault. That's like you, you, somebody gotta get fired. There's no way in the hell people are paying money for pro, for for things and not receiving it. That's that good old boy, just go along to get along type of bullshit. Like back in the day, if your professor was late, everybody was excited about it. But the reality is, you're paying for education. Your professor should be there. You that only is cool one or two times. But if that keep happening, you're now missing out on lessons. You don't know what the top the, the this the, the subject is, and therefore, when you take the practice, you are going to struggle. So that is a part of a structure that is set in place of going along to get along. And I, I, I think it's, 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 um, it's really detrimental to the growth of our program. So administration needs to step up majorly to help our, our university band programs and university music um, departments in general. All right. Rick, is administration hurting our programs. Having taught at the university level, man, since 2012, I'm going to spill some tea. Because um, y'all know I don't, I don't work there no more. HBCU band programs are known for doing more with less, like Mario said. But y'all, I'm going I'm I'm to give you two perspectives here. We're also blessed with what we have. Because there are many band programs in this country that don't have nearly the resources that we have at HBCUs. And I'm telling you this from experience. A lot of these HBCU band programs have multi-million dollar budgets. When you put together travel budgets and when you put together scholarships, all that stuff, a lot of these programs are blessed. At PV in particular, because I don't work there no more, ours was not a resource battle. We had excellent resources at PV when it came to finances. Ours was support, like the actual physical support of the administration. There's a lot of overpaid people at PV, y'all. In these positions that are in positions where they make decisions for what that band can do, it's a lot of people in there that are overpaid and underqualified. I mean, I'm just going to spill the tea. Sorry, I, you know, I ain't my school. There you go. Thank you, Kwan. <laughs> um, it's no way in hell that a battle of the band should have been in Houston and PV sitting right at home. That won't they fault. I ain't even there. And I can tell you that was not they fault. I know they was probably ready to go. But when you have no support, sorry. When you have no support and you in these from these positions and position people in positions of power, it's kind of hard to run a successful band program. Like I said last week, bands like PV are successful in spite of, in spite of all the bull that they have to put up with not having budgets on time, not having the money to get the band in place, but still trying to do things on there. I'm sorry, y'all. This is stuff I dealt with on a regular basis. We show up at the beginning of the school year and the bank account still say zero. But that person that's responsible for that makes a hundred and something thousand dollars and the band staff barely scratching 40, 50. Like, come on, y'all. Like, 
man, I'm look, y'all can tell I'm a little saucy on this one. I'm sorry. But it was like that too, bro. And it was worse with y'all, Quan, because y'all didn't have a scholarship budget that we had. Y'all scholarship budget was a, a, a piece. They told me the stories about how Prop Ed had to go over there and fight just to get thirty, forty thousand dollars, y'all, for a band program. Like, come on, man. Like PV in particular, the administration stinks. A bunch of overpaid, underqualified people making decisions on things that they don't understand. That's it. Catch me outside. How about that? Now I'm with you when you're right, Brownie. I'm with you when you're right now. Thanks, bro. And I and I've 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 seen it with my own eyes, bro. Like low-key robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, I've I've seen him, you know. <laughs> Take money out of his own pocket to uh, yes, mm -hmm, man. Uh, to take money out of his own pocket to help people, uh, help kids with their scholarships, or because they don't have it. You know, you know, we used to go to the financial aid fifteen deep, and we sitting there like, bro, we about to go home. You know, but I, I'm pretty sure, just like our story, there's other stories that other historical uh black colleges and universities, and that's unfortunate because these students come there with the anticipation of we're going to work for our education and they get duped sometimes in the end. But Kwan, it's even worse. Like you go to these administration buildings and they treat you like trash. And then they be the first one sending you a letter telling you to give back to your university. Hmm. How the hell would I want to give back to that when you cuss me out because y'all don't have my financial aid process. Hmm. And, Bro, I'm in the doctoral program at UConn right now. I get my refund check before the school year even starts because they own it, man. They have that stuff processed. They know who owes money, who doesn't. You get your money before school even starts. HBCU is November of first semester. You just now getting your refund check. That was notorious at Norfolk State. Get and that on second there. semester for real. Right, right. And then you go over there and ask a question and they cuss you out. Like, lady, you don't know me. You wouldn't talk to me like that on the street. But because you know I'm a student and I need you, you think you can disrespect me. Well, I'm, I must say this, and I, I'm blessed because we, the same people that was like the kind of like the band chaperones, the sponsors, we had a set of them that worked in financial aid too. I never forget uh, her name is Miss Anderson. If it wasn't for Miss Anderson, I wouldn't have graduated from Prairie View. Uh, Miss Guillory, another one. So I think that's, you know, Prophet kind of set some of those systems up. But like you just hear the horror stories. I mean, I have a master's degree as well. And not not being ugly, the financial aid that PWI is like Chick-fil-A, bro. <laughs> it, it, it's straight up. It's, uh, you know, I, I typically I, do, I typically don't give my opinion. But on that one, you 100 <laughs> percent because Texas Tech took care of me, boy. You know what I'm saying? And they and they they'll tell you, hey, uh, you might want to split this up like this because you'll have a little more on the back end. Well, you know what? Thank you, ma'am. Like, thank you. Like, I mean, but it's 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 unfortunate, but the only justification that I ever heard for the financial aid situations at music programs as well as at, at HBCUs was that at these PWIs, five percent of the student population is on uh financial aid when they can the the remaining 95 can pay out of pocket where that's reverse at hbcus where 95 percent is on financial aid and then only five percent can actually pay and then that type of uh you know work you don't have that many workers 
And a lot of them, they may not have majored in business finances. They just got their little certificate and they just studying. So Yeah, they just got a random job. I always thought, why don't the schools um, try to promote within, you know, people who are from those situations who have that, who, who felt that pain of waiting in the long financial aid lines. Why is it that everybody knows that experience from every HBCU? You know what I'm saying? Right now, we're talking about administrations. Howard right now is already there. They were outside protesting and stuff because they have mold all over the rooms. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's ridiculous. The um, One reason, and, and I, I mentioned them earlier in a negative way, but I'm going to say this on the positive end. Well, not positive, but just kind of in support of him. They don't have a lot of money in that scholarship budget to build that band program at one of the, like, one of the most known HBCUs in, in the country. At Howard University, they should be at least 200 piece. At least 200 piece at that band. But they don't get the money. They don't get support. That's ridiculous. That school don't like to pay for nothing. All right. Here we go. So now we're moving the bar. We're we're taking it down from the HBCU to the secondary. So is administrating hurt? And ah, see, I messed it up again. Is administration hurting our programs? Secondary. Uh since Chief, you finished, Chief, you go ahead and start. Yeah, I would say it just depends on your school, man. It depends on your region, your school, um, who the superintendent of, of education is, like, I mean, of music for your district. All that stuff is predicated on that. Like, and I know I find for me that the vice principal in my building who's who's assigned to my department is the most important person to me because the principal can okay things, but they don't usually deal with me directly. I mean, now... Yeah, but because I have a different situation, but um, through all most of my years of teaching, it was always like a vice principal I talked to. And if that person is coming in and giving you um, observations and they don't understand your they don't understand what they're looking at. They have no they have they're absolutely ignorant to what it's like to run a music classroom that most just decent band directors have more differentiated instruction than most teachers in the building. But be, be, because you don't know what it's supposed to look like, when you come in, you hear a bunch of sounds, you don't know that I've assigned different things and I got timers going and I'm moving around. So I'm looked at in a negative light as like I'm teaching at a magnet school and they look I'm like almost a throwaway class. It was it wasn't be, it wasn't um, until I started to kind of really push the issue and get the community involved to where I started to get support. And what I was doing and I had parents going in saying, you cannot do this to this band program. He's doing great. Da, 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 da. And that was how I started to get more support and advocacy for what I was doing. But it, it can be it can vary, man. Just right down the street from me, another high school. They don't have a director at all. They just the kids come in and sit with a sub the whole time. They get no music education. None. It's a high school. So, I mean, it, it, it varies, man. And I'm in Newark. So it, you, when you go up north. The, the conditions are let's focus on a STEM instead of STEAM. We don't care about the, the arts. So it depends on where you are. All right. Uh, I don't know if you may have a lot on this one, Maya, but you good? And don't. I was just going to say uh, I have no insight, intel, or resources. <laughs> so I'll be the first to say that I'll let y'all have it, but I can assume not. I can assume that the Fine arts programs are not being given the resources and allocated the the financials that are necessary. But I could be wrong. But I'm I have no dog in this fight. I have no clue. Respect, you know, respect. You understand? All right, Rick. Is administration hurting our programs on the secondary level? 
Uh, I taught, um, just to give a disclaimer, I taught um, middle and high school for seven years before I went to the uh, collegiate level in 2012. Um, first thing to remember before I give my answer is that district-wide allocations are based on who pays taxes in those communities. So when you are talking about allocation of resources, first and foremost, when you have more affluent, affluent areas, the reason why their programs are usually be, um, more funded is because people in those areas pay more taxes. I mean, that, like, that's just facts. All right, so just putting that out there. When it comes to administration support of a band program, there aren't really many, financially, there aren't no districts pump money into the band program. Where you start to see allocation differences is with the big schools, like you talking about schools like Avon and Karma, all these big schools like in Indiana. Those kids are paying like $1,100 in band fees. So all that money goes straight into hiring the best staff, having the right equipment, having the, the resources on the, to be able to do those things and compete at a high level. The students take private lessons. Money, y'all, is what holds back band programs. Because there are a lot of, of great band directors at these HBCU-style programs. I always bring up Manor, Minor High School. Minor High School is an HBCU-style program, and they sound amazing. I don't know what their community makeup is, but the fact of the matter is they're a good school. So I think that with all the factors that go in when you talk about administration, financially, no administration gives the main budget to a band program. They'll give you money to buy some music, buy a few instruments and so forth. But that really comes from other other resources and paying into the budget. I think the part where I know for a fact that a lot of administrations don't support these programs is the actual support of what you do as a band director. Like how hard it is for you to be up there from eight and seven o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. Like Quan probably still, I think you at work right now, Quan. Like what that, what it entails to do the job of a band director, the going the extra mile, being away from your family, um, making the ultimate sacrifice for some kids that aren't even yours because you do care. And I think that that's where you really see the breakdown of support is that administrations. My principal, when I taught middle school, school was over at 320. He was gone by four. I was still there having after two band practice. You know what I'm saying? So just because I wanted my band program to be great. So I think that's where you see the biggest breakdown is the actual support from the person saying, I support the work that you do and actually recognizing these band directors that make the ultimate sacrifice to do what they do. And I know y'all thought my, my answer was going to be different because y'all, I'm always seem to be the antithesis to everybody on the staff. But I think there is definitely instances where administrations don't support the band program. So, yes. All right, Kwan, is administration hurting our programs on the secondary level? Uh, like I was saying earlier, it can help and hurt. Um, just, just bottom line, if you have an administrator that understands what bands can do, uh, do at and do for a school uh, in a positive manner that supports you, like Rick said and uh, Chief said, then yes, it, it, it will definitely help. Uh, shout out to he's like a little brother, but he's like a brother uh, to me. Uh, he's teaches at uh, St. Helena. We call him Fry, Mellow Fry. 
but that's an example of a, a supported uh, middle school, high school program that a uh, administration that they've built that school, they built that program honestly, revamped it from the ground up, and that's an awesome school uh, in uh, Saint Helena, Louisiana. Now, administration can affect. Rick said finances. I'm gonna I'm gonna go another route. We haven't even talked about scheduling. Like that's some of the biggest part of it. You can recruit and get 80 kids. And then out of the 80, 15 may actually be in band class. So you're literally only allowed to have, excuse me, band practice as your class. That's something that honestly, a lot of us deal with. Scheduling conflicts kills us. And then you may have, uh, you know, the parents and, and all of that stuff, or well, they can't stay after school and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's, it's, it's so many layers to it, but an administration, when you was talking about finances, there's a district in Texas that is, a, that is called the non-centralized district. So basically all of the funds go to the principal. So the principal is judge, jury, and executioner on how he wants to spend the funds. And honestly, if he's not a supporter of the arts, you're not going to get nothing. You badly can get drum heads in certain instances. I never forget in this particular non-centralized district, I interviewed for this job and I, I asked, so what's the budget? The person literally told me you have the autonomy to raise funds however you see fit. I say, so there's no budget. No, there's not. What's in the account? There is nothing. When was the last time y'all bought instruments? 10 years ago. So you have some people that's walking into situations like this and they expect you to build a band because they had a band legacy back in the day. But if again, if your administration on any level doesn't doesn't care for your program, it's not going to it's going to hit a glass ceiling. But is there is it Quan? can Mm -hmm. I ask you this? Because I know you're a high school band director now. Mm -hmm. When we say don't care, do do we mean they don't care because they don't financially support? Because like we we brought it up a couple of times on the on the show. Like I, I, I y'all, I mean, I'll put the disclaimer. I actually um, have a degree in, in educational leadership. Um, the thing I always realize, like that people don't always realize about how principals make decisions on money, is the reason why STEM and all these things are so big. Is because if your state accepted the um, No Child Left Behind money, then you have to be able to pass those tests in order to receive that money from the government. Like That is a prerequisite for getting that money. So on top of the money, you know, like the state gives you like per student and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when you say don't care, like I'm just talking about your experiences. Mm-hmm. Is it because they don't financially support or is it what I was saying when I said that actually showing you that they care it's 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 a it's a bit of both because all of us that have been directors regardless if it was dance or band you know that money is a big part in it like first of all Mm -hmm. and then the second part of that is the scheduling like i there's only so much that i can do at a two-hour practice after school if i'm allowed two hours um so I mean it's a it's it's a little bit of both. And then two, you have some administrators who are just merely oblivious of what it takes to run a program. You cannot run a program 
on a stick of gum and a shoestring, bro. Like it doesn't go like that. Um, there's a particular school, uh, another high school that I was working at when I arrived, I mean, instruments beat up and I was like, Hey, can I get more instruments? The administrator told me you are not getting a new instrument until you build the band. And I was like, well, how can I build if I don't have the instruments? And like you were saying earlier with the financial aid situation, we make a lot with less. So I'm literally having kids buzz on mouthpieces before we even get the instruments. And then a, a, a nonprofit organization blessed us with $5,000. So I went to the nearest uh, uh, like instrument rental place and rented all the instruments full semester so that the following year that they could actually buy the instruments. Now, regardless if it's affluent uh, or not, you shouldn't have to go through that as a teacher. Like you, you shouldn't have to make miracles like that as a teacher. Just support me as a as an educator first. The finances and stuff, I, I understand. You 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 could make it shake, but come on, it's like some of the the horror stories, and of course we've all shared some of that is 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 a reflection of education, and in my opinion, specifically in urban areas. Like that's the problem. And so you run great band directors to the affluent areas or completely out the education field by some of the expectations that they don't want us to do. It's it's a little bit of both, bro. Okay. All right. Well, uh, very good topics, very good uh, responses from everybody. Uh, got a guest coming in. Uh, first guest. Kai, what's up, brother? Hey, what's good? What's good? You doing all right? Yes, sir. All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hi, man. What's up, Car? What's up, um, with you, brother? I, I first and foremost have to say, um, because I am not a person from an from an HBCU, didn't mark an HBCU band, nothing like that. I had because uh y'all talk about you know the swack and the meat and stuff. Like that. I had to go ahead and talk to my best friend Eric Prince mm -hmm. um, about what those are and so like but the thing is one thing that i told him is that i love the the passion you know and the the fact that you could speak about things that are like from 10 years before about like yeah you know like do you remember this there are other people who can't do that you know and so like that so i mean i just see that that's amazing so thank you very much for that i mean but that's a to be honest with you car that's a big part of the initiation into these bands is knowing like what Darrell brought up on that show. Like I can't teach a uh, Jew can't teach somebody how to be a Jew. That's like part of that. The, that's the part on top of what we do at HBCUs on top of the music and the drill and all that is learning the history of the Dizzy Act. Like Mario, you know, Mario, they look at him as being like the beginning of the Norfolk state baritone section. Because when I first came into Norfolk state band, Baritone was a punishment. Yep. I'm, I'm dead serious. Dr. Seth, y'all. Yeah. Oh, it really was. Mario, it really was. Look at Mario. Like Mario gets triggered when I tell this story, bro, because it's the truth. When I first got the and even Mario freshman year, before he was section leader, Dr. Sample would go, he would go down the line in the clarinet section. I'll never forget this. The girl toward that got she played clarinet. Oh, saxophone. Sorry, saxophone. Doc would go down the line and he would do this car. He would say, why you don't know the music? And they would say whatever the reason is. You know what? 
I had enough. Go get a baritone. <laughs> that was how that conversation went. And we all up there laughing at Mario and them. <laughs> but and Mario's sitting there like, People have no idea, man. No idea. Am I lying? Man, you have no idea, man. The stuff that I dealt with in that section, man, you have no idea. Just going Mm -hmm. to be be honest, going there as a, on the level I was playing as I came into college, being prepared for competition, wanting to um, advance my level of musicianship in all areas. I came in, I was, by the end of my freshman year, I was already leading the section. My, like, the, by the spring, I was literally the section leader. Um, and then in concert band, I was principal clarinetist. Um, I uh, wasn't playing lead alto because I was Rob Simmons. Thank God for him. Somebody to learn from. I was, I mean, you're a freshman in college. You, you need to come in and, you know, and be able to learn. So the, the I think the biggest thing is that you remember all these things. I mean, you, you, you go back and um, especially as an educator, as a music educator, you're going to be you're, the things that you shape in terms of your new program. You remember how things were for you, the good and the bad and then and the ugly. And you have to put all those things together and try to create what it is that you want your kids to experience in a positive way and do the best you can to try to, um, you know, form a new path for them man, and not give them the same experience as you had. Hmm. So, like, basically what I wanted to really talk about, though, is what your last point, you guys, because uh, like Rick, I have a master's degree in ed leadership. Um, and I actually work in administration. I work for uh, I actually work as an administrator for fraternity story life um, at the University of North Texas. And the thing is that, like, it's to me, there's a it almost is like the same type of word between, as you guys were saying, support. To me, it's more of an advocation that people are searching for is that like um, not only advocating for the students, but just as important and actually to me more important advocating for the teachers. Um, like if, if like a teacher needs as, as, as um, I'm hoping I'm saying it right. Kwan. Yeah. Uh, like, okay. You know, like, like you said, you need the instruments, right? You know, like, okay. You know, like, okay. Say I can't get you a full line of instruments. Maybe I can get you some. Maybe I can get you some money or something like that, because obviously you said it's something that you are going to need for your band program to continue to move forward. Then guess what? That's what needs to happen. I need to ask for that. If I can't get the if the whole thing can't happen, then cool. Or at least put it on the radar, you know, that this is something that can happen in the future. You know, but that's a lot of times that's not what happens. People go ahead. If they don't uh, get the whole thing. Kind of like when you can't pay all your bills, you know what, like then you just don't pay nothing at all. You know, that's what some people do. But the thing is, you need to go ahead and take off a little bit on that thing. It's the same thing, in my opinion, on that one. Definitely agree. That's a, that's a good administrator trying to do the best they can to try to make things better in any way they can. And Mario, I, you can't, you know, I think he came on here because he another one of y'all fret brothers. Oh, six, baby. Right. All day. It started with the egg. You already know. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> Mess. <laughs> all right, all right, bro. Appreciate you, man. All right, now. Appreciate, appreciate you the support, friend. man. Check y'all out. All right. 06, bro. All right, 06. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, hey, you know, you know what's crazy though for, for that. Be the Kings. That's it, Jew. 
Yeah. I know. Nice. It's like, you already know it. Yeah, what's, what's crazy is I never, at that particular school, that administration still never bought an instrument. I had received those instruments from Mr. Holland's Opus Grant. I was about to say some grants. That's about all you have. Donors choose Holland's Opus. All but that see, stuff Quan, is way to get it. But see, Quan, that's the difference between you, Chief, and Julian, and a lot of other band directors. Y'all said, okay, this door is closed. And this is my point that I always tried to make in some of our previous conversations. Okay, you say this door is closed. Okay, I'm going to find this door, and I'm going to find that door. So many times, man, band directors get discouraged and shut down. Okay, they're not helping me F this, man. I'll go to the big school, like you said. Mr. Thorne, I'm sure that at Willow Ridge, when he got there, you know, I'm sure Willow Ridge always had a decent program, but he was able to find ways to take that program to the next level. You know what I'm saying? And that's, to me, that's why I always say band directors are the key. The leadership is the key. You have to have a visionary that can look like Mar what Mario is doing. And I can't wait to public because I'm going to make sure I put my money where my mouth is. Mario said that door is closed. Okay. Boom. So I think that's the next part, Quan, that we need to talk about is how can we help, especially young band directors, find those other resources when this door gets closed in front of them. And I think that's important. I, I realize that all band directors' jobs are not created equal. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I've I've had I've learned that. I've I've been blessed to teach in public school, charter school system, but those those jobs are not created equal. Right. Um and in the bottom line, I, I do agree with you, uh brother Rick, big brother Rick, that you gotta find a way. But sometimes it's just so Audrey, it's no lie, because you you're <laughs> he's stupid. <laughs> because you <laughs> nah, because you, you're looking at stuff from the perspective of like it may not even be an affluent district, but it could be a district just that does that strive to do things that's in the right way. They just try to do what's right. That it's like, bro, just give me a budget. Like, give me, like you want me to eat this rare porterhouse steak and I don't even have a knife on the fork and you didn't took out my teeth and you still telling me you better chew it. <laughs> it's like, that's hard, bro. That's hard. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but I see a lot. That's why a lot of people have that burnout because of so much what we go through. So, but what like, about Maya? I know you know this, Maya. Look at what these ladies and uh, guys are doing and gentlemen are doing with these dance things, man. Like, we had a topic about seeing all these pop up dance studios. The fact of the matter is, these people are eating and they and they finding a way to get back into what they love to do at these schools. Like, Maya, what do you think? Like you see all these these different people that danced in line. They may not even been the best dancers in their line, but hey, they making money off it. There's a market for everything and everyone. <laughs> I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. There's a market for everything, but no, absolutely. Like all you need is one. I, I'm gonna say this. Um and like I said, I, I, I typically don't give my opinions because I'm like I'm still over here doing other things. But um, one of the things that just popped into my head is the fact that I don't just I don't ever really disagree with you, Rick, on the standpoint of doing the job. Right. Because like you're going to have to do the work at the end of the day, you're going to have to do the work. But at some point, I just always believe in my in my personal opinion and I can be horribly wrong in this right but at some point it, it 
if every year you're doing the same thing, right? You're still arguing with the same principle or in a lot of cases, a new principle because that principle ain't staying there, right? So you're arguing the same argument that you had with an old principle with a new principle to get the same kind of results and funding in the things that you need for your program. Of course, you're going to get burned out. Right. And and then and then, yes, that's when directors do seek these different places or these or these better situations or they do leave the the or they do just leave the profession altogether. Right. Because they see they see no no end to this excessive work that they have to continuously do because and I and I posed this question the other uh, uh, um, on uh, the other day. Was there ever a point, and I don't know this, you know, and, and unfortunately, Miss um, Thornton's not allowed for me to ask this question, right? But was there ever a time when band directors just taught band? Like, yeah, you may have your work, but is it was was the work to the extent of what it is now on the secondary level? And I and I'm I'm always wondering that, right? Because when we look at it, we remember our band directors as high schoolers or whatever. And we saw them be able to be, to get in front of the band program and to in, in, infect us and, and inspire us in a, in a certain way. Right. But I always see now just being in the profession that there are a lot of people who are spending more time doing these things that Quan is talking about. And that Mario has talked about the advocating and like Mario said in one show, kissing babies, and they're doing it every single year. It's not like it's it's a point to where, all right, here it gets a little bit better. Like they're doing it every year. So that's that's kind of where I always, you know, put a couple of questions out at. But think about it, how Dr. Sanford, remember when me and you talked to Dr. Sanford in San Antonio a couple of years ago, and he was telling us about his experiences at Pittsburgh and Minnesota. I halfway remember that. We had a little look. But well, let y'all know very quickly, Dr. Sanford was our band director in college. Dr. Sanford never got on the podium. He may have hit that national anthem. That was about it. Dr. Sanford didn't work none of that music. My first, my last. Right. (laughs) He was always behind the scenes making sure the Legion moved forward. We got to squeeze the juice out of the note. That's probably as much as you get. Right. You are not going to be a middle-of-the-road button. You're not going to be a middle-of-the-road button. I don't care what we do. But, yeah, man, like, he never got on the podium. So that's – but talking to him in my adult life now that I'm a band director – he told us, he was like, Rick, the game was different coming up for us. Because when he was coming up, Dr. Sanford graduated in the, in the mid-60s. So for him, he was still dealing with segregation. And for those of you that don't know, Dr. Sanford was like the first black band director at the University of Minnesota. And I think the University of Pittsburgh. So he was just, put- just powerhouse whites, PWI. Both. Both. He was the first. Yep. Powerhouse PWI, period. Blazing the way a lot, for of, people a lot like of people me. don't know that. A lot right. of people don't know that. Blazing the trail for people like me. And and, and thinking about that, shout out to Dr. Uh, Sanford, y'all. For those that don't know, Doc lost one of his sons. So oh. keep him in y'all prayers, man. Dr. Sanford been going through. So just oh, send a prayer out for Dr. Sanford. But that man was blazing the trail so that we could have conversations like this. And I know how that feels, man, working at a predominantly white institution now. And I thank him for it. And Dr. Sanford and I used to beef all the time when I was in the band. But when I have an issue now, I call Dr. Sanford. Because I know A, it's coming from a position of love and respect. But B, I know he's walked the trail that I'm now walking, you know, in this field, man. So 
I think, Julian, I think what you just brought up is important. We need to be talking to these elders, man, and these these ancestors, man, that well, they ain't ancestors yet, but trying to learn the experiences of these ancestors, man, because they are the ones that's going to show us how to do this, A, at a high level, and B, be able to pass that down to the young people coming after us. All right, cool. Um, don't see anybody else in here, so... Hey, if you still want to get in with us, uh, Robin has continued to put the link in there. Appreciate you, Robin. Um, but we need to go ahead and get to some of these things we need to talk about. Uh, I actually want to start with uh, Chief on this one, man. He has something great coming up, and I want to make sure that we support him. So, Chief, go ahead. Take it away, bro. Man, thank you, bro. Um, So my marching band, man, the Legion of Boom marching band um, at Science Park High School in Newark, man, we are raising money right now to uh, take an HBC tour in April during our spring break. Um, our goal is to raise $10,000. So this is our first fundraiser. Um, we have a lot of supporters in the area right now, people just trying to get behind us, man, and like support the idea that these kids, it's not about them necessarily even going to HBC. It's about them getting exposure. Some of them never even been out of Newark, man. And I think it's so important for our kids to get exposure to different things. Um, I have a really new and young group that I'm working with now. Um, the link is, I sent you, I sent it to you in the, um, um, in the email, Julian, can you post it in the chat for everybody? So just in case, if you guys are interested, this is a double good. I don't know if anybody familiar It's a popcorn sale. You probably have already bought popcorn from like a thousand people already, but just buy, you know, a thousand and one, uh, I need you to get one more bag or one more, uh, canister or whatever. Um, popcorn is delicious if you have not had it. Um, and this is going towards a great, um, purpose for us just like we were talking about when you see one door closed you just you got to find another way to open up another one man i'm not gonna stop um i'm I'm like real ditty with this man can't stop won't stop i'm gonna make it happen these kids need support um they need new equipment they need to be able to uh move and see and i know if it wasn't for miss allen shout out to miss allen sharon allen my detroit goat man if it wasn't for miss allen man i wouldn't have had experiences i would have never gone to norfolk i didn't even know norfolk state existed you know, she took us to Southern, took us to Jackson, took us to Norfolk, took us to Tennessee State, like took us to different places. We got to see all these things and and all our kids went off to college and did great, man. And all I'm trying to do and I, my son asked me, he says, why do you teach? I teach because I got to pay it for it. No other reason. I got to pay it for it. I love music. A whole bu bunch of people love music, but I got to pay it for it. So that's what we're trying to do right now is uh, get these kids the same opportunity that a lot of us have had. Uh, I've had and um, that's what it's all about. So appreciate you can uh, you can donate if you want to buy some. Man, thank you so much for the time, y'all. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, hello, I put the link in the chat. Moz, can we make sure that we kind of get that around? Appreciate y'all. Much appreciate everybody. That right. caramel popcorn is awesome. He goes crazy, sir. <laughs> Look at <laughs> here. <laughs> Looking I'm here. buying two bags real time right now. Appreciate it, dog. I promise to God. That caramel popcorn is off the chain, bro. It's, it's the devil. It's I'm the devil. Gonna, I'm not even gonna lie, bro. All right. Uh Rick, I know we I keep putting this joint up, man. You never gave me another another uh joint for it, but there you go. Boom. You got it. No, that's literally still the fly. That's how it is on the actual website as well. So um this Saturday, y'all, at 2 o'clock at Prairie View A&M University will be the first uh, of many uh, show-style U.S. band competitions. 
Uh, sponsored by Blue Devils Entertainment and U.S. Bands, as well as Prairie View and March and Storm. Um, we have about six to eight bands registered right now. I can't remember. I think it's it's either six or eight. Um, but some great bands gonna be there, y'all. So with six and eight bands, you ain't gonna be there all day. You get to come out. You get to support our people both financially and uh, as um, um, we've said all night, just being advocates for our you know for our kids, man. So come out and support. Um, you can um, buy tickets uh, online now. They actually have the link live. So go ahead and do that if you want to. Uh, it's through U.S. Bands. So just go to U.S. Bands uh, website and look at the schedule. And then also this weekend, if you come, you can meet me or Maya or Julian. We're going to be in the building. And Quan, you going to be there too, Quan? I'll be there. We'll all be in the building. Chief said he ain't flying down. It costs too much. So. Yeah. We got a game this weekend, and my kids had a trick or treat, dog. Right, right. And so, I got a gig on Sunday night. Oh yeah, it's tight. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to meet, if you want to meet four out of five um, of the talk that talk crew, then come down and say hi to us, man. Be nice. If you want to give me that smoke, come on, I'm ready. Um, but yeah, just be nice, and I'll be nice to you. But yeah, man, that's where we are, y'all, and I can't wait to meet some of y'all. So uh, I'm gonna say two things. First of all, all those people who had that smoke, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't trying to talk to you because uh, they don't have anything tangible to stand on. They just want they want they two seconds of fame just so they can hate. Um, but the one thing I will say is, man, we please make sure that we support this, man. Um, you know, we've been fighting really hard to be able, especially especially in the Texas area, to be able to do what we do. And feel comfortable doing it without being lambasted or being told that this is not acceptable, right? So let's continue. Let's make sure that we support this, not only this weekend, but every time that we see this uh, come up, especially because it's U.S. bands. And then I'm going to also say this. I'm sorry, HBCUs, we need to follow suit. We need to stop acting like, you know, we can just go in here and just have these exhibitions. It makes no sense that these high school programs can be judged, but then we refuse to, to be the quote unquote elite, or pro, elite programs, but we refuse to be judged, right? And don't so, make excuses because the white schools are getting judged. It's called the Sutler Trophy. We yeah. can apply for that Sutler Trophy just like they can. Mm -hmm. Take your band the best, put the application in. Fam so, won yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Fam won it. Exactly. Yeah. Fam won it. Yeah. Stop saying you the, the king. Actually, go and prove it. Here we go. Yeah. So, Let's let's make sure that we support this. And, and like I said, HBCUs, let's make sure we follow suit. All right. Uh, I want to make sure that we talk about exclusively HBCU, uh, exclusive HBCU. Uh, Quan wore that extra dope hoodie. Uh, so, Quan, you want me to talk about it? You got it. Uh, we could both do it. Uh, go to the website exclusively HBCU. Uh, she's a Sara. Uh, shout out to Derricka. Uh, her and our partners, all of them are HBCU graduates. Go check out their website. They have dope, Divine Nine uh, uh, apparel, as well as uh, dope and degreed. I mean, it's just it just fly. Red talk. Go support it. Black owned business. Go support our own. All right. And finally, my wife uh, keeps telling me that I need to get another picture, but that's the only picture you sent me. So that's the one that's gonna go up. <laughs> all right. So please make sure you get your all seasoning. Uh, you know, ain't no food, ain't no food that great unless you put some all season in it. All right. A little love. Uh, make sure you put it in there. I'm telling you, hey, man, I'm going to support my, my LB, bro, because that season is off the chain. If you ain't tried that some season, season. Huh? You got some Cajun one? 
I think he just did one. I think I think it was either a Cajun one or a seafood one. He'll he'll probably hit me with the text daddy in like a couple of seconds because he's watching and texting me at the same time. So but uh, yeah, he 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 definitely has some top top notch seasoning. So please make sure you go and pick up a seasoning, a little love, all seasoning. All right, cool, cool. All right, I think it's time to get out of here. We still have uh the after party. If you stand for the after party, you can stay for the after party. I know Quan got a Got to hit that road. His wife is going to tell him, bring bring your home. Uh, unless he want to hit us with, from the cell phone. But we got that after party coming up. But before we get out of here, you always know how we do it. Uh, let's start with Chief. Anything that you got for the culture? Any final words? Oh, he's talking to me. He's talking to the baby. All right, let, let's go, Quan. Go, go, let's go, Quan. Uh, hey, I, 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 I've never done this thus far, but I want to thank uh, my marching band members. I'm going to share this link with them and tell them, look at it. Uh, to my high school students, thank you for honestly trusting me to be your band director. Uh, we've uh, progressed a lot this year. We still have a lot to do. We have not arrived. And uh, we're playing one of our rivals tomorrow. Uh, let's be prepared. Let's finish this year strong. Start concert season. Start auditioning for these scholarships and Go to the next level. Shout out to the marching proud of Sunnyside, Ebony Worthen High School. All right. Uh, Rick, any final words, anything for the culture? Um, yeah, y'all, please come out like Julian said and support this band battle, man. I, I get so tired of our bands going to like UIL and other competitions and they have to change their personality, their style, everything to be in these things. And then the next thing, you know, they're getting bashed by these judges because they don't do what those other bands are doing. Uh, so please come out and support this. And as I always do and say, uh, support black businesses, man, support black culture, support anything black. We need one another chief. I put my money where my mouth is. I just paid my $30 for this expensive popcorn. For Much, your appreciated. <laughs> so, Much appreciated, bro. So y'all click the link in the bio. Support my boys band, man, and, and just, just do better by each other, man. We are black yes. people. We don't survive, survive without each other, man. So do that. All right. Uh, out the building, I gotta go. His, his reaction was the best. It's actually he was like <laughs> <laughs> Say, I'm I'm out, y'all. My people I gotta man. go too, man. My daughter is I gotta go. Yeah. All right, y'all. Love y'all, man. All right, brother. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. What's good, Ma? There we go. <laughs> there we go. All oh, right, bye. Right. Right. I, I was like, damn, let me back up. Yeah, you saw the I mean, hmm? Got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, per usual. Conversation was great. Every episode, we're getting greater. If y'all want to come out, please come out this weekend. Let's have some good, safe fun uh, in the name of band culture. But yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Reach one, teach one, all of that. The usual, the usual. Uh, and uh, finally for me, uh, one thing I'm going to say is I, I definitely want to say I appreciate everybody who's continuing to rock with us. Everybody who's continuing to watch the videos, make sure that every time that you go into one of our videos, if you go back and watch any of our live shows or any of the clips, make sure you hit the like button. Also subscribe to the network. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about earlier when it came to administration, um, you know, and, and I really felt the need to bring that up from the HBCU level as well 
as the um, as the secondary level. Uh, a lot of people don't know. If you don't know, Tuskegee band members are threatening to strike because they feel that they need some uh, some more support. So there's a lot of things going on as it relates to supporting. We want to make sure that we're doing, we want to have these conversations and have these conversations to bring these things out in the open because it's not just our little our little situations that we're dealing with. It's a lot of people who are who are having these problems and having these issues and they want to be heard as well. So we have these conversations for a reason, right? Even if I put these clips up and y'all got all these things to say, even if I go put it in, in all these Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff, if you got everything to say on the Facebook group, come on over and let's actually have the conversation. These one-liners one and, and, and gifts and all that kind of stuff, all that's funny and cute, but let's have some some real con uh, conversations, some substantiated conversations, all right? Um, I don't really have anything else. Once again, I appreciate everybody who rocks with us, continue to rock with us. Uh, we're going to hit this after party if we're going to do this. Uh, she looks like she's getting ready for it. She's getting the dance on. All right, well, we're going to see y'all. Man, I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We'll see y'all next Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.